Doctor? What doctor? Doctor who? Doctor who, did you say? Eh? Doctor who? What are you talking about? gibberish or do you really know what you're talking about i think this is going to be a unique time on this podcast in that we're actually talking about two subsequent stories aren't we we are this is yeah certainly the first time i, I don't know whether it'll be the last time it could happen again but i thought i thought this was a uh, an opportunity too too good perhaps too rare to to pass up because uh, like i said i was originally going to go with um time lash but mm-hmm. i thought let's go with twin dilemma because i i've got I've got weird feelings for this one. This is this is uh, I, I I've got a soft spot for it, um, but I'm not sure why. Whether it's I mean I think there's some really good stuff in this this story, but there's also some just diabolical stuff, and I don't know whether my soft spot is in the same way that like Plan Nine from Outer Space or I like my I like my terrible films, but I I also I don't think all of this is terrible. I think, yeah. right, your soft spot you're talking about. Now, I've watched the darn thing. Yeah. I think your soft spot is you are looking through rose-tinted Colin Baker glasses. And I think if it hadn't been anyone else than Colin Baker, yeah. maybe you... I, th- I, I think you're holding on to the nugget of the potential I, in yeah. Colin Baker to get you through it, I, I think. think. I think you're right. I think, I mean, it's certainly one of the... the I mean, the, the high spot for this... This story is Colin Baker. He 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 is really good in it. Um, I the other high spot for my two other high spots. One is um, most of the guest cast are okay. I mean, I lo- I love um, Edgeworth. I think the act- I like that actor. I can't, uh, he's good. Oh, I can't think of his name now. Sure Morris Denham. Morris Denham. I like him. He's a good actor. Very believable. Uh, I quite like um, young uh, young Mr. Gibbs. Mr. Gibbs. Yeah. Yeah. Gibbs. Um, I quite like him. Uh, it, and I forgot that uh, Dennis Chinnery was in it. You know, Garmin from uh, Genesis. He's in it. I had to look it up. It's like, oh, really? I know you from somewhere. Yeah. I thought it was Christopher Biggins when he first comes <laughs> in because he's in this hideous you know, 80s outfit and glasses. Why? Yeah. I'm surprised Christopher Biggins never yeah. made it into the JNT era. I, I'm, yeah, I'm amazed. I wonder if there were, whether they, perhaps there was some uh, animosity. Because you're right. He, he was absolutely tailor-made for... Yeah. Uh, Taylor made for a J&T yeah. doctor. He could Definitely, have taken well, over yeah. from Colin, you know. Well, they did. Uh, J&T wanted at one point um, Richard Griffiths, didn't he? Mm. Uh, yeah. He, he liked the... I, mean, I don't know. I, I mean, we're discussing Colin. I think it's a bit unfair. But J&T always liked the idea of a, a, a rotund doctor. <laughs> I don't well, you... know what... I don't, I'm not saying that's why he chose Colin Baker. Um, yeah. It, poor, poor Colin. Um, but yeah, there's there's also some... I mean, the, <clears throat> let's let's just, let's sort of start from the beginning, this one. And so, and so the twin dilemma. I know the, what the dilemma is. Well, the dilemma is. I had the twins. Yeah, these bloody kids can't act. That's yeah. what the dilemma is. What the bloody hell are we going to do? We've got we, the, the titular characters can't act. Do you at think? All. Do you think? Because I've got some ideas on this. Do you think 
that they came up with the t- title first or the idea that they need... Because there's no reason in the story why they need to be twins. No. Nope. None whatsoever. It does, plays no part into it. They could have easily been brother and sister, two friends, one of them. Why you needed two, I don't know. No. Um, so I, I wonder if they came up with this idea first or... Well, no, the original title was something like A Stitch in Time or something. That time was in the yeah, title, right. and, and we've got yeah. a tiny little nugget of was the it, time was original it, You're wasting thing. your time. Yeah, waste of time watching <laughs> yeah. it, yeah. Oh, bloody oh, so hell. I'm surprised they haven't actually done a waste of time in the title for a Doctor Who. Mm. Perhaps that's still to come. Um, yeah, this, this, was, this was a weird time, wasn't it, in Doctor Who? So I, I can remember this. I'd, I'd, I'd started watching um, Peter Davison from Castrovalver onwards. Really enjoyed it, thought it was good. A bit hit and miss in places. I thought it was a bit pretentious in places. Um, and then I think he sort of, he, he, he started to fit into the role better and, and you know, got enjoyable. And then we got last week's one, um, Caves of Androzani, and I think everyone thought, okay, we've hit a high spot here. This is Doctor Who's getting, getting gritty and good again. And then we get this one, and I I don't think this is a particularly bad story. I think it has it has like a lot of JNT stuff. It has elements and decisions made that absolutely ruin it. But I think the actual story is okay. It's sort of it, the science in it is enough to make you vomit, but mm-hmm. it sort of holds together. But the the sheer difference in production values between. It's Case staggering that they it's made this shocking. straight afterwards. And, of yeah. course, you know, the, 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 the most crucially harmful thing to this, apart from the twins, is if you had ended the season with Caves of Androzani, yeah. fine. But you ended the season on this. And I reckon loads yeah. of people just didn't come back <coughs> after that. I think so. You, I th- and this is, where the, this is where the bad decisions start, isn't it? So I think we've mentioned before that... JNT's idea, what he says is idea, and I'm, I'm not entirely sure it wasn't one of his sort of after-the-fact embellishment sort of style things. So he said that he was worried that that people will you'll get the regeneration, and then it's a long wait till the next season, and people will forget about it. Now that's never been a problem before no, in or since. Doctor Who, or since people tend generally not necessarily, but he so he decided that. Let's have the regeneration and then have a full story so that people get used to the new Doctor and then they go, excellent. And But, I mean, they remember that for some reason. They don't remember <laughs> the Doctor's regenerated, but they remember the new Doctor. Um, but the trouble is, what the way Doctor Who used to be made, so they would be given a yearly budget. And that budget was basically, they said, you know, here's your budget for the year. That's what you've got. Mm. So traditionally, the last story in most seasons is a pile of old tat because yeah. the money's run out. Because you you portion it up and you go, okay, I've got six stories. Let's divide. One of these is going to be obviously we're filming abroad or something, so we'll give that a bit extra. This one's going to be a bottle show. We'll give it a bit less, and and you portion it up. But then as like straight into the first story, uh, costs go up. Things mm. happen that you know, so that starts eating away from the subsequent story. So good producers, good directors can can allow for this because they'll they'll change the order or they'll do a put in a couple of bottle shows, save some money. And JNT wasn't particularly great at that, and it so you've got to you've got the probably the most important story of the season. You're introducing mm-hmm. your new Doctor. You're desperate to get 
viewing figures you're desperate to and you do it on the last story where the money has run out mm -hmm. it doesn't make any sense and unfortunately that's not the only bad decision oh, no. no no it, it, it racks up doesn't it it racks up after this so then they, they decided so they bought Colin Baker in which I think was a, a, a staggeringly good move uh, I like you know my my love of Colin is known. I think he's mm -hmm. a good good actor. He's he's got personality. He's got that larger than life presence that certainly Tom Baker had. And I think after the sort of the the more lower key Peter Davison, this was perfect choice. But then they and I, I I think Colin sort of has something to blame here as well. So when they were working out how to play him, they decided Let, let's go back to a crotchety doctor. That's not not a bad choice, you know. And then they said, well, actually, let's let's have him be not just a, uh, an anti-hero, let's have him be an out-and-out -out villain in his first story. And we'll say it's regeneration sickness. And as it goes through the story, we'll we'll show the, the doctorishness coming out until at the end you get the doctor and everyone... And you, you, again, you're, you're, you're already starting to think, oh, is this mm. a good idea? <clears throat> it could be if it was handled. And watching this again... And I, I thought I was trying to watch this with all my preconceptions gone and try and think, what, what are they aiming for? What, what are they trying to do? What works? What doesn't work? And it's sort of, the bits are there. It's just so weirdly handled that the average viewer is not going to pick up on them. No. So, you, I... you, yeah, you do get, like, here's the Doctor. Here's the Doctor gone manic. He's back again. It's a temporary thing. Here's the Doctor gone manic. And then you get the, the, the scene where he, he's sort of... He, he phases out and he's in a like almost a, a waking coma for literally a couple of seconds and you get to the end you think oh that was what they were suggesting yeah. that he's now he, that there's no way you could pick that up yeah no I've, I've thought the very same thing watching it if there was something some way of telegraphing yeah. to the audience there's something wrong with the doctor if if you hear a tone that he hears yeah. or, or, or there's a furrowed brow before hit the, hit the mood switch yeah. starts well, you know the classic when people they they start to rub their eyes or yes you know space 1999 like did it brilliantly in the first episode when the people were going a bit mad from the radiation sickness that wasn't radiation sickness that uh, no the virus that wasn't a virus that was radiation sickness they start twitching their hands mm. and then they start rubbing eyes. and if say you'd have done that like rubbed his temple or something and you go oh oh, oh the manic but he's just straight into it yeah and of and, course you know <coughs> your average, average viewer who has never seen Colin Baker before, doesn't know that this is what's going on. No. And you're going, this isn't a very good actor. You yep. know, he's all yeah. over the place. This, this is, and I, th I must admit, I, th I sort of thought this when I first watched it. Yeah, you, you think, is he just a bad actor? And he's mm. not. He's a, he's a, he's a really good, he's, I would say he's probably a brilliant actor. And you, when you re-watch it, and you watch it a few times, you can get what he's doing. Yeah. But when you know, yeah. When you know, yeah. when you're in on it, yeah, you can see it. But yeah. it's it's handled so badly. Yep. And then, like I say, it gets to the end, and you get like just a, a nod and a wink to. I mean, if I was a dad, I'd have had it where, like, you know, because because Mester is uh, do trying to take over his mind. I'd have had him crazy up to that point, and then Mester takes over his mind, and that stabilizes him. And then afterwards, he goes, Mester did me a favour. Mm. You know, yeah. he's not. It, at least something, but anyway. So are we going through the story. Yeah, let's get into it. Um, I, I, I thinking, thinking about it. I, I don't. Th yeah, get your notebook out. Have you got it out? Ooh, uh, uh, yeah, I've got it in my hand. All right. Ah, there you are. I've been looking for you. 
I've worked out what you're up to. And it's got to stop. Control your arrogance, Time Lord. I'm not having your sluggy eggs spread all over the universe causing havoc. Nor will I allow you to destroy what was once a very beautiful planet. <laughs> you really are mad. <laughs> you dare to threaten me in my own throne room. Did I threaten him? Did you hear me threatening? Be silent! Watch it, Mestor! Please, Doctor. You'll do well to warn him. But I'm the one who's doing the warning. Now, will you give up this nonsense? No, Time Lord. Then take the consequence. Okay, all right. Um, thinking about it, I thought I'd seen it the once and never again. But oh, right. watching this, I... I, I don't remember it. I remember the kids, but that could just be me reading articles saying it could be. the kids well, are terrible. Are you sure you didn't like... Because you, you did a little uh, pre-watch of this, didn't you, and recorded oh. yourself. And I, I can see you... If we hadn't been doing this for this podcast, you would have turned off a scene into it, I think. Yes. And I wonder if you've done that. You've watched the, the first bit with the twins and gone, what the... And switched I'm, off. I, I'm, I might very well of. Um, that thing I sent you, the audio of me yeah. trying to watch it, um, I'll stick it after the yeah. end music, all right? So, so listener, you can hear me trying to watch it. Um, so you're just going to hear me basically what, say what I'm just about to say now, which is yeah. when it starts, you have those terrible twins. You've got them playing a terrible chess well, game made out playing, of cardboard. They're playing chess on a backgammon board. I mean, that... Yeah. I don't know what that says about their intelligence. I really don't. But yeah, the the first shot, and we're into gaudiness. It's horrible. Yeah. If I watched it on my black and white portable up in my bedroom, maybe I it wouldn't have been so jarring. But you watch that on a 50-inch TV in HD. Yeah. Every colour choice in this opening scene is terrible. The materials of the outfits, yeah. the colours are well, out... There is, a, there is a reason for this, though, isn't there? That, that uh, And again, I, I'm, I, think, I think it's true, but it could be post-hoc rationalisation, is that the, um, the, the, the camera... Uh, is, it, oh, is his name Wheel? Eric Wheel? Something like that. He, he said, because they insisted on the costume, you can only show a range of colours on a... TV camera, so you have to you have to make everything be within the range of the brightest thing. So because the coat and his outfit was so high contrast, bright colours, they couldn't go down to to pastels or anything like that. So every colour had to be ramped up to fit yeah. in that colour spectrum. Yeah, but and that doesn't ex- yeah. yeah, but that so. doesn't explain the metallic choice no, no. of metallic materials, especially when Gibbs come, uh, does his yeah. costume change. Oh, that's, I think that's the worst costume. That's I just, think my jaw shocking. was on the floor when he comes out the, you know, dressing up room, uh, yes. dressed like that. But, oh boy, what a way to start it, with these two playing that yeah. terrible game, looking terrible. Christopher Biggins comes in, you yeah. know, Garmin well, from yeah, Genesis Garmin. of I like I like this actor. He was, he was a good good actor. Very sort of stolid. He, ne- he never really had much range, but he played a good reliable part <laughs> and he comes on and it, he sort of he almost seems embarrassed on it don't he because these two these two young lads I mean they're not actors and it shows they're not even reading their lines are they it's worse than that it's towards the end you watch them and they are just standing there waiting yeah. for the moment to say their lines they're yeah. not acting they're just saying lines is... at the appropriate point yeah this is school play 
acting. Oh, it's worse than that. Worse than that, yeah. It this is, is the there is no room at the inn and you will have to They remind me yeah. now of those little kids, the younglings in Attack of the Clones when Anakin goes in oh, there God, and you've got yeah. and you've got them Master Skywalker, what is going on? They go like yeah. that. But at least they were like four. At least you they know? were massacred. <laughs> at least they died. If these Dennis Chinnery would have put, brought out a knife and stabbed these two. Yeah, then we'd be more yeah. for it, I think. Oh, well, no, that, that's really, terrible. Yeah, what's really annoying is the actual dialogue. I mean, th- some of the dialogue in this is awful. But this, this bit at the beginning where they're discussing should they, should they love their mother unequivocally just because of... It's quite interesting. That's a good point. But they deliver it in such a way. But mother but, is an idiot, father. Should we love mother for her being an idiot? Is that, is that where they live? Is that meant to be their house? That's their home, yeah. That really looks like a house, doesn't it? Yes. Yeah. Mm. Well, didn't she say that uh, this was the Sylvester or Sylvester re- uh, residence? The police, the other awful actor in this, the police chief. She says it was the residence, mm. and she wanted them to be somewhere that could be better guarded for some indecipherable reason. So this this is this follows on from Legopolis, um, in that it has this weird idea that that mathematics isn't just an abstract concept, mm. that it's mathematics itself can produce energy and can change the, the reality of the word. Bollocks! Um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you've got down, to Ian. apply it. Yeah, you've got to... Oh, well, I hate it when they do stuff like this with math. You've got to apply mathematics. It's, it's, a, it's an abstract human concept. You've got to apply it. You can use it to do amazing things, but in and itself... <laughs> It doesn't do anything. I still don't understand what the goal is, why they need the twins, what, how, how I, the maths think, is going yeah. to make the planets move. No, well, I, I, I think we can. I think when we get to that scene, I think I've got an, a handle on it. It's bollocks, no. but I've got a handle on it. But yeah, so, so we get some, we get some uh, expositional dialogue where the, the, uh, the uh, Christopher Biggins says, because um, they say, Father, we've got something to tell you. What? We're going to play equations. And unlike anyone else who would just go, what are you telling me that for? You fuck around. I don't care. Come watch some telly. Um, he, he's, he's shocked, any he? Because he goes, no, you can't. I don't know what this equations game is. Are they broadcasting it? Why is it dangerous? Um, and when you get to see it, it's just, it's, it's like uh, if someone had drawn a camel on an Atari 2600. Um, it's awful. It's just they're meant to be equations, and they're just coloured blocks. Um, so, so he says, you, you, if you play equations, you know what happens. Your your mental powers can change the galaxy. So, when do we got any teeth left in it after this? Oh man, um, oh man, oh man. Yeah. So then, luckily, we go into the TARDIS. We, we cut to the TARDIS for lovely, lovely, lovely scenes of Nicola and Colin. Um, the, these yeah these scenes are are really good. I mean, I, again, I think there's a poor decision when they choose to have the doctor physically strangle. I think that's a step too far. And I think mm, I've seen people of, write lot, that. Yes, yeah. I think a lot of, for a lot of viewers, that was the point where they turned against this doctor. Right. You might. I mean, it'd be in his very if first story, yeah, in his first scene. <laughs> um, wouldn't it have been better if he had just verbally attacked, you know berated what I mean? Berated like, her. Yeah, berated yes. her, used sarcasm. Because later on when they're using sarcasm and that and they're taking the mickey out of the fact that she's American, it's brilliant. It's so witty. 
but this is, yeah, it goes a bit weird. Perry also, <coughs> I, I was watching this and, and thinking, yeah, it's true. Per, Perry had a huge crush and fancied the fifth doctor. She got it because that that's the only way to explain her reaction here. This is not the reaction of that it should be, is it? Because she immediately goes into, you're, you're ugly and horrible. Yes. Therefore, I hate you. Yes. And it's like, it's so ham-fistedly done. I mean, Nicola Bryant does the best she can with it. But why... I mean, it, 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 this one scene not only sets up the Doctor as being quite unlikable, it sets up Perry as being a bit of a, a, bit of a cow. Yes, yeah. Um, it, I, I don't get what they were going at. Because even the Doctor says, Oh, got the clothes. Oh, don't worry. And she goes, No, not the clothes. You. Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a, I, I, again, step too far. Mm, I didn't realise that Colin Baker spends so long in, in Peter Davison's yeah. old outfit. Um, Almost the whole of the episode, isn't it? It's, yeah. Or a good three quarters of it. I saw that they had to open it up at the back under yes, the jacket yeah. so you would actually fit in it. Yeah. Um, and he is very good. Colin Baker in this is, is yeah. very good. He likes what he sees. He's looking in the mirror, yeah. you know, a noble brow and all like that. And he starts, um, with, he starts with his his quite witty sort of physical and, and non-scripted jokes like where where she says have you seen yourself gives the mirror he looks in he goes well look at that's a vast improvement and shows her the mirror yes yeah, I think that's, that's a good that's, touch that's, that's yeah. brilliant that that's that's pure Colin I think um, and then little bits later on where they're, they're you know lieutenant <laughs> I love that that scene where they both she goes lieutenant lieutenant <laughs> yes um, but yeah Col- Colin's superb here he, yeah. he really is there's uh, a there's a line. I mean, the man is it Alan Stevens who wrote this? It's something uh, like yes, that. Yes, I think it's Alan Stevens. Alan Stevens. I had I didn't recognise. No, no. He, he only he only wrote this one Doctor Who. He had a tradition of uh, doing adaptations of novels for oh, right. the BBC. Do you um, think he? Um, <laughs> do you think he? He wrote this, watched it, and then went, "Yeah, I'm getting a job in the post office or something." It might be. Up. But he's given he's given the doctor a line, right? And I yeah. don't know if it, it if it's an interesting line because it's been written by a novice writer to the show, yeah. or there's more of an implication. Um, and it's when the doctor says that he was never happy with his last inca- incarnation. Yes, yeah. Right. I was never happy with it, and to me that suggests that the doctor. Has almost like if you like a like a higher brain, and then yeah. the incarnations are below that. So you know there is a higher state to the Doctor when, above the incarnations who yeah. oversees them all. Well, when you think about it, there there has to be, doesn't it? Because the Doctor is a continuing, a continuing person, but not a continuing personality. No. So there must be something that essential Doctorishness of the Doctor. Um, that that the personality changes, but there must be something there. Yeah, I, I, I do think that's really interesting. That it's an interesting yeah. line, and I don't know whether it is, it's a yeah. good one or a bad one. You know, yeah. I mean, you um, get the feeling it's probably Colin. So. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. But yeah, and again, you get some love, some now classic but lovely stuff where you go, you know, he goes, uh, what is it? He goes, oh, he had a feckless charm. Feckle- I've got feckless yeah. charm and sweet. The whole yeah. sweet. sweet. Sweet, yes, sweet, yeah, yeah. Uh, pure yes. Colin, great stuff. Yeah, and um, he's relishing it. He's enjoying oh, yeah. it, isn't yeah. he? You know, and you can see it. You can see this is a 
this is someone really enjoying it. And I think Nicola Bryant as well is enjoying this stuff. She's getting a bit more to do than she normally would. Yes, um, yeah. Well, they go they go to the dressing up room, don't they? And, yes. um, yeah, and I'm, I'm glad you didn't call it the clothing room because it literally is a dressing up room. It is a dress, dressing up room, yeah. yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, we have the first attempt at them trying to show the Doctor's instability where he yes. you know, cowers down amongst the coats and everything. Yeah, it does, um, there's a couple of bits where he, Colin, and I put in notes, he goes into overacting mode. Yeah, which, this is going a yeah. bit OTT already, yeah. isn't it? You know. Yeah, he... he he does. He can have a tendency to do that. You know, we, we, he's very much like Paul Darrow in that respect. And yeah, there's this, and there's a scene later on when he, he cowers behind Perry when uh, yes, yeah, when he's in the tunnels, and it's like, oh, you've you've just stepped that, you've crossed that line, Colin. You've crossed that line. You've gone into uh, sending it up. The other one for me is um, the cliffhanger where he turns to the camera and goes, Perry, like that to the camera. uh, Every cliffhanger I've got in here is bloody awful. (laughs) Yeah, I've made note note of them all. Yeah. Um, But, um, you know, I think if if the problem is this is his very first story. I mean, you know, we've got a, a history in Doctor Who, I mean, with the fourth Doctor. Is it Deadly Assassin or Invasion of Time where he's not quite himself at the beginning? It's Invasion of Time, isn't it? Invasion of Time where he's... He's basically closed off his personality and his mind to stop the Vardens. Yes. Uh, so you watch that, but you already yeah. know. You've already yeah. you've been with this Doctor for quite a few years. You know yes. there's something up. There's something wrong with the Doctor. But this is your first time you've ever seen him, and it's like, what's going on? You yeah, know, you've got to do a storyline where someone's acting out of character. You've got to set the character first. You can't have their first story have them acting out of character because we don't know what their character. We is. don't know what the character is. Yeah. yeah. And I think put. I think I think you're right. A, a lot of casual viewers went, "Oh, I don't like this. this. If this is his character, I don't like it." Yeah, we're gonna have yeah 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 yeah. You know, yeah. like twelve weeks of this. You know. Yeah. And, and off they go to whatever was on, probably the Coronation Street or the A Team. Yeah, yeah. But he goes through some of the outfits there. Um, I like yep. I like the burgundy velvet jacket he puts on the very John Pertwee John jacket. Pertwee one, yeah. That would have suited him. He looks yeah. quite smart in that. Yeah, I quite like that. Um, yeah. I, I, not being a fan of tight jumpers, when he's trying these on, when he's got that cricketing jump on, it's so tight. I do. I, I feel pain for him. I hate that. That's one thing I hate. It's tight jumpers, and he he doesn't look comfortable. And it's like, let him take that off. Please. Do you think? He, do you think he's got a William Shatner corset on? I think. Yeah. I, I don't know how to do something. I mean, there's that scene where he sucks his gut in, but yeah, they must have done something. That's. De- I mean that. Like you say, they had to amend the coat to fit him. Mm. So I, I mean, if that is if that is Peter Davison's jumper, that must be so that is straining. Yeah, <laughs> that is straining at the seams. Yeah. I mean, it, there's this rack of all these different clothes there, you know, and you've got the Second Doctor's coat in there as well, yes. haven't you? Yeah. Why is Perry's outfit hanging up there? Do you think that was the Doctor's outfit one time as well? Well, it could have been. We, you know, we now know that the Doctor was there. Had lady bumps before. Yes. Um, oh, I suppose. Yeah. Because because yeah. I always think, it, I mean, it's the, it's the it's the Blake Seven clothes room again, isn't it? It's like, why are these clothes on the TARDIS? Because I always think, what companion, what female companion would have worn that? Mm. And I can't. I, I mean, you can't see Barbara in it, can you? No. No. Absolutely um, not. Yeah. It's not part. I mean, and this is the other thing that really annoys me is that is that Perry is so rude about the look of Colin Baker and, and the choice of coat. And she comes out in something that's 
in its own way just as hideous. And goes ta-da. Ta-da. And I love Colin goes, <laughs> yuck. yuck. That is a brilliant moment. I mean, she, yeah. uh, uh, she uh, I mean, she's a very attractive woman. Yep. Nicola Bryant and she, and, and, and she looks great there coming in with that big beaming smile and I yes. love it I love the way he just yuck and he leans forward yeah. as well doesn't yeah. he to emphasise yuck this, yeah this is the doctor as a as a child isn't it they, yes he, he, he fits in the childishness really well yeah um, at the same time as being he's almost in a Byron-esque sort of um, poet type person you know he's coming out with it like but it 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 goes between the two but i love it when he's being childish it's just Mm. so funny yeah no it's really good (laughs) Uh, the next thing we've got is when the governor from slade prison appears oh yes yeah good old morris arrives fletcher fletcher yeah Yeah. Yeah, um yeah he arrives i like um edgeworth asmail whatever you want to call him there's a question for you why has he got two names why is he called edgeworth at the beginning why, 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 why has he that. got a different name? Yeah, because I thought you could understand it if if it had turned out to be the master, uh, and they do call him master at one point. If it had turned out to be the master, you could go, okay, I understand, because you're not hiding your name from the twins; you're hiding the name from the audience. Yes, but no one's heard of Asmail. No, unless they thought because Asmail, of course, is a fallen angel, isn't he? He's like, yes, thing. yeah, it's, it's so a whether they that, thought yeah. that would be too on the nose so people go oh he's a villain but then they want you to believe he's a villain to start with so wouldn't that have been better yeah yeah um because it's not like even because he says he goes oh, I'm Professor Edgeworth and the, the twins don't go oh we've heard of you to get a trust they immediately go well I've never heard of you who are you he could have said anything but also he teleports in and they go yeah. oh that's a terrific trick what a terrific twick that is what, what we've seen better twick. though Yes, and, and yeah. it's like, hang on, this this old man that you've never seen before has just teleported into your room. It, it was the late 70s, early 80s, so uh, your young boys probably used to old men yeah. going in their rooms, yeah. as if by magic. Um, what I don't understand, you get a really weird line here where they go, how did you do that? And he goes, well, how does one enter a dwelling? What does that, what? Yeah, what? I know. It, it's... Is that? Am I too dense for that? Is that actually clever? Is that a reference to something? No, I know. No, it's just nonsense. It's nonsense. Doesn't make sense because it's like, what? What are you on about? Um, yeah, he's. Uh... <coughs> Pardon me. He's really good in this. I mean, he's 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 lovely in everything he does, isn't he? He's one of them actors you could watch doing anything. Mm. Um, but yeah, he's really good as this. This is again one of the high points. I think not this scene. I mean, oh no, this scene is terrible because this yeah. is where <laughs> this is where he he wipes their minds. Yes, good, um, good move. Good yeah, move. good move. But they don't look any different. No. They just stop talking. Yeah, I love that because it's obviously meant to be a big scene, isn't it? Where you get that their minds have been wiped. Yeah, you can't tell. You can't so, tell. Oh, no. The film stopped. <laughs> Yeah. And then he, he puts a he puts a, a green spangle on their wrist, doesn't he? And yes, that's what he spangles. And then he goes he goes, uh, we're leaving now. He goes, uh, hold on to my sleeves. Yeah. <laughs> what? Oh. oh dear, oh dear, oh dear, yeah. oh dear. Uh well we go back to the TARDIS and hurrah. We, Yeah, hurrah. And we have the unveiling of the unveiling. The outfit oh, which you are a fan stuff. of, aren't you? I am you? a huge, huge fan of this. And we were watching it and Anne said, um she was you ever feel like you should remake yours? And I said, I'd like to, re- I'd like to do it. She said, with what you know now, and you're best. So, uh, and she goes, you just go and buy the material. So I might, I might. 
But yeah, I, I love this coat. I think it, this whole outfit I really like. I, I, I remember liking it from the first time I saw it, which would have been in a, a Doctor Who magazine. I think mm-hmm. one of the summer specials or something. There's a picture on the back. And I remember drawing it. And then I got, it was one of the first things I drew Doctor Who wise. And then I got Colin Baker to sign it. I've still got it kicking about. So. Um, but yeah, I, I, I adore this costume. I think it's, I think it's really good. That's why I don't like Perry taking the mickey. You get you're getting all defensive, aren't oh, you? Bloody yeah, yeah, yeah. And of course that I was <laughs> yes, that was designed by Pat Godfrey. Yes, the, yeah. the outfit, uh, but it was actually made by a tailor by the name of Arthur Arthur Davy. Yeah, Not, well done, Arthur, because it's absolutely superbly tailored. You've said before it, 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 it's a very well made yeah. costume. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so next we've got an impressive spaceship model, which we yeah. don't really see much of, and I've never seen. You know, I don't think Matt Irvin. No owns it I don't know what happened to it the model shots the model shots in this story are superb and I'm surprised because I've never seen behind the scenes photos of them I've got no idea and you don't see them for long enough and closer enough I want to see further I want to see what they're made out of yeah I'd like to see because they're interesting designs and they're so well done and well shot you almost feel were they made for this they obviously were but they're so incongruous to the rest of the episode and it's jarring when yeah. something good like oh, yeah. that. It's like, ooh, something to I watch. Re- I rewound at that point. I'm like, oh, bloody hell, I don't remember being such good model work. Yeah, and but the problem several- with that, yeah. the problem with that, I mean, it is an impressive spaceship yeah. model. And yeah, you lean forward, oh, what is that? But then, and I've got, got <laughs> yeah. my notes, what the bloody hell are those? And I'm talking about the Jacondans. Oh, yes. Here. The, now, uh, I have no idea. I, I, I don't think in all my Doctor Who magazines people? and books I've ever yeah. seen a photo <laughs> of a Jacondon. What, what, what did you think? Uh, it's appalling. It's just... <laughs> right. No, it's, it's like we've changed channels and it's the Tomorrow yeah. People, right? We've yeah. got silver faces. We've yeah. got a, literally a bit of tinfoil on the end of the nose to give you a beak. <laughs> and then pheasant feathers yeah. pritz-sticked yeah. all over them. That, yeah. I, can't be- I couldn't believe it. It's, that's, all right, that's the first point my, my jaw dropped on the floor, you know? I had no idea these things existed. Yeah, they're, I mean, they were awful. I mean, it's a shame because um, the the actors are right. Yeah, I quite like this character and I quite like the Chamberlain we see later. But it's awful. It really mm. is. Like I say, the the makeup just doesn't match the rest of it. They keep they keep making illusions that they're bird people, but the only bird like thing about them is that they've got feathers stuck in their hair. <laughs> it's like they've been tarred and feathered. Yeah, isn't yeah. it? Oh, they are. Dra- We've got to vote on these, by the way, just to give you something to oh, okay. uh, think about. Well, not, well, not just Mesta. Oh, not just Mesta, okay. the Jacondans. Okay. We've got to do it. I hadn't, I hadn't planned on that, so I'll give it great thought before. Get, give it some thought as we go school. along. Yeah. Um, oh, so did oh, you did you uh, paraphrase Perry and go yeah? Yeah, I, well, I, I, I stronger words than that, but yeah. you know. <laughs> did it rhyme with yuck? Yes, it did, quite frankly. Did it rhyme with yuck me? (laughs) Yes, yuck me. Oh, dear, oh, dear, oh, dear. Um, And unfortunately, we're going to see quite a bit of these uh, guys, aren't we? Um, But it's at that point, old Morris, old Edgeworth, whatever you want to call him, he speaks to Mestor, and this is the first time we really see our main character. We vaguely see him superimposed. Yes. Um, with quite a good voice, I uh, love quite his a voice, booming, yeah. booming voice. I Rich. didn't realise Edwin, that, yeah, Edwin yeah. Richfield, yeah, yes, Commander Hart, Commander Hart from the Sea Devils. Yeah, this this is again one of those 
bizarre things where they made a big fuss to say we're hiring this guy, he's a good actor, he's really good. And then they bung him in a costume where he might not, he might as well have not been there and just recorded yeah, his That's own. That's not even his own chin. The only no. bit of the face you yeah. see moving is the chin. But um, but that was the poor old fella in that costume. Yeah. Because yeah. Um, uh, and part of me thinks, well done. They, because they hired such a good actor with such a commanding, booming voice, it works. At least the voice is coming through. Because mm. can you imagine this with, with say, a David Goodison or someone like that in it, where the voice isn't anything special? Derek Dedman. Derek Dedman, yeah. Um, in it, <laughs> the voice, yeah, the voice is really good. The the the, the characterization of Mester is really good. He's really he's quite threatening. He's quite chilling, and you see this ghostly sort of superimposed shot, and you you can't really see any detail at this point. You think, oh, that looks interesting. I wonder what he is. Um, and that's how it is at out. the moment. <laughs> yeah, but before that, yeah, we get the unveiling of Perry's yeah. outfit. Yeah, so Perry comes out in her, uh, her outfit. Yeah. Her outfit that allows the camera operator to do lots of um, interesting shots. Yeah, well, I, 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 <laughs> we have a new tally coming up. We'll do talk we? about that when we get there. But, uh, yeah, apparently this yuck by the doctor, yeah. that was Nicola Bryant's verdict too. She hated the outfit. Yeah. It's, it's awful. It, it's yeah. very 1980s, isn't it? Yeah, this whole, the whole design on this is, is very 1980s. Um, mm. Like I say, the, the doctor's outfit has transcended time, I think. I don't think it screams the eighties. I mean, now weirdly, it would be seen as a uh, like a, a gay pride style outfit, wouldn't yes. it? Yes, be the rainbow. But because then it was just meant to be tasteless. Um, but Perez was obviously. This is what I don't understand: is that Perez is meant to be? You're meant to side with Perry that the Doctor's now being childish. He's absolutely right when he says yuck as well. Yes, it, yeah. it's not a nice outfit. And especially when she put those boots yeah. on, the boots are the boots are just awful as well. It's awful. And then later on, when when they get to Jaconda, she's bloody freezing. You oh can yeah, see it. She's blue. That's why they have to put that yeah. red yeah, blanket an over old her, blanket, don't they? Yeah, <laughs> blanket around it. Yeah, um, and it's at this point. This is where the Doctor has his second instability moment, yes. which starts all right. It's very yeah. Babe and the Butcher. I was yeah. thinking when. Yeah. Do you know what your name is? Do you know what the period, period. is? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah, it ends really... It ends with the trying to strangle moment yeah. that a lot of people have a problem with. The, the other thing I had a huge problem with in this episode, and this scene especially does it, the music's awful. The incidental yeah. music is awful. It goes into this really horrible organ bombastic thing for when he's strang- strangling her. Yeah, I, I think the strangulation was a mistake. I think Colin and... Nicola and I think J&T even said it was a step too far um, especially in, now in this day and age uh, it's even more so I think it's quite, it's shocking but not in the reason they wanted it to be well especially when you know you do, you know, each generation the next generation of children are growing up on Doctor Who and you know yeah. the, the you know the six, seven year olds that were watching it, the six and seven year olds that we are we were when we were six and seven you're looking up to him and he's your hero i mean it's just what were they thinking yeah i i I, like i say i understand this this idea to say oh let's make him let's make people not sure of him but no 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 don't there were moments with the first doctor where you were unsure about him you know he was going to cave in that guy's head with a rock wasn't he you know um but nothing like this 
But at least you, you can sort of excuse that because they they didn't know what the Doctor's character was then. No, no. For, you know, first story. Because it, halfway through the Daleks, halfway through the second story, William Hartnell is, starts playing it in the, the lovable way. And then going forwards, because there, there's that fan that fan idea, wasn't it? That the, the first Doctor is always incredibly grumpy and an anti-hero yeah. and not to be so... That goes very rapidly. And it's the Doctor Smith thing, isn't it? It's, you know, they, they know that you can't sustain this character as a lead. Mm. Just can't. Um, but yeah, this is... I, I, can, I, can, I can see kids being just amused or not understand it. Can you imagine being a parent trying to explain this? Well, I was trying to think about what it would be like if I was little, you know, and John Pertwee starts trying to strangle Joe Grant. Yeah. You know, or Tom Baker tries strangling Sarah Jane. It's like, that's my hero. You know, that's my father figure up there, you know? Yeah, exactly. It's Like I say, with hindsight, you can go, okay, I can see what But yeah, it's it's a shockingly bad idea. It's a mad mad mistake. You do get that interesting bit afterwards where the Doctor says, um, I'm I'm sort of, I've got an inbuilt resistance to any form of violence. Mm. Where did that come from? Has anyone told John (laughs) Pertwee? All right, well, we've got the twins' father next. Uh, oh, God, um, yeah, I forget yeah. the phone call. Yeah, makes the phone call, yeah. reports the disappearance to Gibbs. Yes, so, Gibbs. Yeah, so I don't get this. So this he's one of their top agents that they send out on missions. He's answering the phone. And he's answering the phone, <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, he's yeah. a good actor. I can't yeah, remember I do his like name. Him. He's a good actor. Uh, um, yeah. f- famous now from being Gibbs in the yes. Pirates of the Caribbean yeah. films. Well, but I, I, I think of him now as um, Tony Hancock. Yeah, oh, yes, yeah. yeah. No, I, I, he's indelibly imprinted on my mind five years before he made this, looking exactly the same. Uh, he was in The Long Good Friday. Um, oh, right. He's a guy Paul Freeman picks up in the yeah. pub at the beginning of The Long Good Friday, and, and in my mind, that's him. So it's very jarring when, you know, because it's like, oh, he's the guy Kevin from Long McAnally. Good Friday. Uh, that, that, that's him. That's him. But you know, so, and of course, I don't think I, I maybe had yeah. not got this far even into episode one. So he appears, and it's like, yeah. oh, it's the guy from Long Good Friday. And when yeah. eventually he puts on that 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 Baker foil outfit, it's like, yeah. oh, good God. It's even um, longer, bad yeah. Friday. Well, Anne, because Anne watched these, and um, she goes, that, that can't be uh, the pirate's bloke, is it? It's like, yeah. You know, He's unbelievably is. young looking, isn't he? He is, with a very yeah. uh, young voice as well. Yes, very young voice. But immediately, I mean, he's, he's got some dodgy lines in this first scene, but he's immediately got presence, hasn't he? You can see... Yeah. You, can you see say dodgy lines, on. I've written horrible dialogue. Well, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. And, and terrible, terrible police uniforms. Yes. Well, they're not... They're, I mean, they're not even... They're like nurses' smocks or dentist smocks been dying. They look like I mean, hospital again, porters. The, oh, yeah. The budget has run out, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah. And the, uh, the commander, the, the police commander. She oh, she cannot off. act. May or my that, bones or that other woman. rot. Yeah. Oh dear. Oh dear. Oh dear. Um, then the doctor finds out that he tried to kill Perry. Um, yes. Nicely acted by both do, of them. I love this because Colin Baker is genuinely hurt that he had, might have done this. Mm. You know, and the, well, I say Colin Baker isn't. He couldn't care less. He's an actor. Um, the doctor is genuinely hurt that he might have done this and he, he literally can't understand it. Um, again, re- really nice, some good acting. And, and Nicola Bryant is 
superb in this. Yeah, no, they, it, it's a yeah. really nice moment between the yeah. two of them. He starts go, again going a bit OTT when he yeah. decides he's going to go off and be a hermit yeah. with his disciple. Then it all starts going, going a bit silly and OTT. Yeah. Well, again, we got we got these wild swings between between nice emotional scenes and comedy. Mm. Um, and I'm not sure. I find it funny, but I'm not sure they they pull it off. I'm not sure that. Me finding it funny is not in the right way. <laughs> I, I, I don't know because yeah, he goes straight into the. Uh, I'm going to have to uh, repent for yes. a thousand years. Well, perhaps not like that. And it, yeah, it's good stuff. It's good common lines, but it comes after such a, 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 a horrible scene. It's like yeah. the, the, the tonal it's swinging like a pendulum. Clash. This yeah. story, isn't it? It's it, it it's is. really swinging from good to crap and all sorts of stops in between. Um, I mean, another one's just about to come up. Another jaw drop on the moment, on the floor moment for me. Because we cut away, we see, you know, Gibbs's little uh, police uh, spaceship with its flashing lights. I like the way his spaceship's got, you know, police, you know, light bar yeah. on the top of it flashing. Yes. And, yes. and then we go back to Titan 3. And this is where my jaw really hit the floor. Colin's line of, thou craggy knob. Yes, and yeah, and so did he, what did he say? Yes, uh, <laughs> oh, oh, thou craggy knob, <laughs> thou craggy knob. How yeah. can he say that? And I was, I, I, I had to rewind it and watch it. How can Nicola Bryant not yeah. keep, uh, yeah, 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 not not corpse at that? I know it's just amazing. That must have been about the fifteenth yeah. take or something yeah. like that, and they got it out their system. Bloody I wonder if hell. it was in the script. Thou craggy knob. Yeah. Um, uh, the budget has run out. The next time we yes. see the twins, they're asleep on two settees, and they've just dressed the settees by yeah. covering them with plastic coverings. Yeah, it's what you do when you want to paint the ceiling, isn't it? Yeah. They, they've literally gone to Poundland and bought a couple of uh, uh, dust covers. Yeah. Um, then, I mean, yeah, the, the, this whole set is just, is just horribly tacky. Well, I mean, from the, now yeah. on, it's it's tacky all the way through, yeah. isn't it? Unfortunately, have because we, yeah, have we seen the uh, the busted glue guns yet? I can't remember. I got them written down here somewhere. You know the Jacondon weapons, and they're just yes, they unaltered are glue That's guns. all they are. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Then yeah. we see two Astro Wars games on the table later on. They've not even bothered to disguise them. It's is like, it Astro is... Wars? Because I thought it was yeah. Pac Man or something like uh, that. I, th- I thought it was Astro Wars. It's one of those. It's not even disguised. They've not even like put anything nope. on it. It's they literally got two two of those machines and put a, a normal chessboard in front of it, and that's their supercomputer. We thought last week oh. it was bad enough to have a TV remote control yeah. oh, blatantly there, but now <laughs> we got little mini games consoles. Yes, it's oh it's good not, grief. Not good. Speaking of good grief, we have okay. our first proper shot of Mestor. You know, Mestor and any a mess. He is a mess. This, yeah. this he's in this throne room with yeah. some strange frog statue. And yeah, the, I, I wrote that up. What the hell was the frog? What was the frog, <laughs> right? Yeah. And the way the the way he sat there, like I say, I th- I think I've seen photos of his face, but I've never seen it in yeah. full length. The way he sat there, this is so Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy to me. You know, the way this yes. is shot and everything. This is this is a comedy alien. You know. Yeah. This. Yeah, the, you, you you get him, and he. I mean, the bane of all Doctor Who. We're in a brightly lit studio. The, they've they've tried to make slug trails on the floor, and it's just pain. Yeah, it's so uh, obvious. Here's the question: yeah. the gold lines on the floor are they meant to be slug trails? I think so. That's what I mean. That, 
They but go it looks like straight. gold plate on the floor. Yeah, I mean, this is the other thing. They've all, they're, all, they're saying that they, these are half slug, half human creatures. He doesn't really look like a slug, does he? Show me a slug that's got feet, right? Yeah, he's clearly got, got yeah. two feet. What part? What? Yeah, yeah. What part of Mestor is slug yeah. then? I don't know. What is it? The two antennae sticking out of his head? Could be. Because the marbles the in them. That's what I don't get as well. So, funny enough, someone's actually restoring this mask at the moment, aren't they? It's on Facebook. Whoever right. owns it now, they're doing a restoration job. I wouldn't bother. Just burn it. Um, but the mask is awful. It look, it's, it's incredibly cheaply made. It's incredibly badly sculpted. And they haven't even... They've, they've obviously thought, oh, he's got to get on and off. Oh, just put a hood on it. And he's got like a, a hood on the back of it that's got his antennae stuck to it mm-hmm. um, there's no there's no like let's blend it in or let's he seems to have fur yeah. on the front yeah he's got his, his body is like a potato sack that's covered in fur it's it's so strange it and I is love the fact weird. that every time he gets up and down he has to have his friend, his guards help him yep the poor sod. Especially I mean, he must that have been step. getting on, mustn't he? Yeah, oh, good. Great. Like you say, why use an actor of that calibre? Yeah. When he could have just dubbed the voice over the top? Yeah. I mean, this is, one, this is one of the times where I think it would have been better just to have him as a, as a human with face paint on. I think it wouldn't have been any worse. At least we'd have seen the actor. Yes. This is, this is awful. It's not good, is yeah. it? The body's rubbish, the antennae's rubbish. Yeah. I don't mind the little slotty thing roughly where a nose would be, but yeah, the rest of it, yeah. the big like eyes... His mouth, his mouth is just like a, a half a washing-up bucket Yes. strapped onto his chin. And um, he's got feet. Yeah, This the, the, first th- the first clip I ever saw of this episode was in Blue Peter where they show this bit. And I remember thinking at the time, what the hell is that? <laughs> but yeah, you're right. Hitchhiker's Guide is very, um, it's very sort of uh, dish of the day-ish, isn't it? Yes, it's very yeah. Weird. Um, it could have. I actually, I think this is one time. Normally, I say things could work if you film it differently. I don't think this would have worked. But turn the lights down. Have it in a darkened room. Yeah, do something. You know, or a different room. Don't film it. <laughs> yes. All right. Have him as a disembodied voice. Well, thankfully, he's not on for long because we, we we move on to where um, the Doctor and Perry find Gibbs is uh, crashed his ship and he's there at the side. Yeah. And uh, yeah, this is the tally. I thought I thought we would start having a tally. Oh yes. Because yeah. we kind of like started it last week, but didn't really didn't realise. I didn't realise that in the very next story we'd have it again. It's uh, the. Um, I think we'll call it what you called it last week, uh, down blousy. Yeah, the down blousy moments. Yeah, the down blousy moments, uh, subtitle um, um, with a little thing after it, staring into the abyss, I thought yes, we could call yeah. it as well. Yes, yes, here we get the first the one. <laughs> How many times we can, can we get away with yeah. showing them? Yeah. Can we show the twins again? Oh, bit of a dilemma. <laughs> We've already shown them 83 <laughs> times. Go on, then. Go on. Yes. All right. So here's the first first instance in this story. Yes, the camera seems to... Oh, what a surprise. It's up a bit higher than Nicola Bryant when she's taking a look at Gibbs. Um, You've got to keep the dads interested. Yeah. And he's he's taken into the TARDIS and... Laid on the floor. (laughs) Yes. Don't find him a cushion or anything. No. But he wakes up, right, pulling out this 
crappy gun, right? Yeah. He's got this tiny little gun that's metallic, me of, um, metallic purple. Remind me of Travis's sidearm. Yeah, but like Travis's wasn't gun. metallic purple. It no, is a bit true, of a spud yeah. gun about it, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. And, and that's how it f- ends. The first, the first of what will become a re- recurring theme throughout Colin Baker's tenure is end of episode, crash bang, zoom into Colin Baker going, no! Or, yeah. ooh! Or, um, I couldn't believe it. I thought, oh my God, I didn't remember that this is first ever cliffhanger sets the mould. It certainly does. It's some... Yeah. Um, it's a, it's a, a, a dearth of, of thinking here, isn't it? It's, their imagination's gone if this is the best cliffhanger. It's rubbish because yeah. in episode two, immediately the cliffhanger is resolved by resolved, just Gibbs yes. putting his gun down. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we do get some lovely, um, are you going to save him? Oh, he tried to kill me! Which yeah. is, which is um, it, it's sensible thinking on the Doctor's part, I think. Yeah, I like the fact that Perry has to bribe him to uh, save his life and then play on his uh, his arrogance. Uh, they're, they're superb. They're, they're sparking off each other. So Colin, Colin Baker and Nicola Bryant work so well together. Yeah, there's another down blowsy mo- moment yes, there as one, well. Yep, so we're one, we're, yep. we're at two now on that. Oh, I've got okay. in my notes. I've got for the next scene, Bustic Glue Guns. Oh, so is that where they are? Him. Right, right. Okay, the you twins, right? Those twins, okay. Yeah trying to act like they are. What do you reckon old Morris thought of all this? I'm hoping he's such a pro that he's just... I, I think he's such a pro that he wouldn't, he, would, he wouldn't let it affect his performance. But he's got to be thinking, I'm better than this. Because mm. this isn't... This, this is, again... This is, this is J&T stunt casting. Yep. But not, not in the usual way. Because normally he would, he would get someone that can't act, but is at least a known name. Now these two, as far as I'm, I can remember, they're not actors. They they weren't actors. They picked them because they said it was hard to find a pair of twins that could act. Well, if that's the point, don't have them be twins. No. Can you imagine if this just little thought exercise that this was brother and sister and you had two really good actors in mm. this, you know, male and female, and they're, they're sparking off each other and they're plotting. Because the dialogue isn't isn't particularly horrible that they're saying they're just saying it in a horrendously horrible way mm. Mm. you know I, and I don't I can't blame them I mean it no it's not their fault yeah. they can't act they're not actors yeah I mean let's be honest any of us given a chance to appear in the Doctor Who would jump at it we would probably be just as bad oh I would be yeah mm. yeah well Mestor has taken over Jaconda. Uh, yes. and, and he wants the twins for something, but we don't we, we don't know what yet, do we? Oh, no, so, Morris yeah, doesn't we, say. we start we start to get some of the plot starting to be filled in here. And it's, I think so. Right. I think it's an okay plot. Like I say, science-wise, it's a bit nonsense, but a lot of Doctor Who's suffer from that. But yeah, so so um, Edgeworth as male, uh, whatever you want to call him. So he's he's filling in a bit of the plot, and he's starting to show that that he's not the out-and-out villain. Mm. that we thought he was. Um, he's really good. I, li- I like him. I, I, I've got nothing uh, nothing against his performance. I think it deserves no. a better story, a better episode. No, 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 you're right. Yeah. Um, back in the TARDIS, for no reason whatsoever, the Doctor finds or, or feels that there's uh, danger afoot. Yes. And, oh, and he I, makes I just, this... I, yeah, sorry, I was just looking at my notes about... So we get another one of those lines, like the, how does one enter? So the, um, 
Edgeworth says, I'm from Jaconda, and the, the twins say, Jaconda, what happens there? What weird line. <laughs> Have you ever said that? If someone said, oh, I, I come from uh, Glasgow. Glasgow, oh, what, what happens, happens there? there? <laughs> what a bizarre thing to say. Um, but yeah, sorry, we, yeah, the Doctor, for reasons unknown, suddenly gets... Uh, he, he can sense evil, which I, I'm okay with because right back in William Hartnell's times, we of course he could sense evil because mm-hmm. <laughs> he, he screwed his lineup in uh, the War Machines. So I'm okay with that, but it does come out of nowhere, doesn't it? Yeah, to, to push the plot along. <laughs> and he also makes yeah. the mental leap about the twins being abducted. <laughs> yes, for some. He, he for mentioned, something. He mentioned, he mentioned children. children. Twins. <laughs> what? I didn't. I I was going to rewind. I couldn't be asked. I thought, does he mention children? I couldn't remember. No, he does. Like, he mumbles let, something about children. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but we do get we get lovely uh, brave heart Tegan. Yes. Yeah, that's because they've seen a bump outside, and um, yes. um, Perry's a bit nervous, and it's like Braveheart TV. Yeah, oh, yeah. That, yeah they, so so they use a TARDIS scanner in a, again, very reminiscent, lots of Hartnell-esque things, so very reminiscent of the original TARDIS scanner, where it would just pan a riser. And uh, you get an obvious pyramid, yeah. and obviously the actors don't see this, so they don't know what the miniature looks like, and they, they're acting as if it's could be it might not be it's a bump it's, like, it's a bloody pyramid it, it's a ridged yeah. pyramid yeah, yeah. It, ma- it makes perry look really stupid because the doctor yeah. goes oh look there and she goes where yeah. and he goes where? there yeah. and oh, what that bump yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Well, of course yes i mean the, the way the shows are made the effects yeah. weren't done they don't know what they're looking at no. Yeah, but she's really good. Nicola Bryant's really good. I can really see her in the in these moments, especially. You know, that could be Sarah Jane or Joe Grant. You yeah. know, it's the same sort of relationship with the Doctor. Um, and uh, so they decide to go outside, um, and uh, he's off again. He's doing yeah. his OTT bit again, um, and uh, we get the twins again. Then we get a panic attack from the Doctor. Wanting to go back because, um, you know, he's, uh, you know, all um, um, uh, unstable, although you're not, yeah. we do, you don't we, know that. Yeah, we don't know that yet. We, you do when the, the twin scenes and this, this is where we get a little bit of why they're needed because they're, they can transform equations into power. Mm. Don't know what that means. Sounds like it means bollocks. bollocks. Yeah. <laughs> and he hides behind Perry when the yes. Jacondans are on. Yeah, I do. I do like that. But again, it's it's a, he, he goes. It, it's a good scene, and because he's very much no, come Perry forward, and then she says, like almost like oh, you might be in danger. It's like oh, oh, yeah, oh, and he goes very Doctor Smith, and he's suddenly scared and he wants to run away. But then he does that, the bit where he puts his head under Perry's arm. Step too far. It is. You've. you've, you've You've lost me at that point. Did you know in rehearsals he actually bit Nicola Bryant on the bum? Did he? When he did that bit, yeah. See, that doesn't bode well in this day and age, does it? <laughs> I don't think you'd can't get say, that now. Can't no. say blame him, but... No. You know. um, in the, the main room where most of yes. this is going to take place, you would have spotted the mantopods either side of the door. 
the uh, the things from the Harrier jump jet, those yes. silver yeah. ends. Yeah, the, 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 each one has like a little rocket end in it. Yes, it? yeah. yeah. Well, now, you and I are used to seeing that yes. in model form on the Airfix kit. Yeah, and, it, uh, it, it, it appears on lots and lots of spaceships and things, doesn't it? They're, 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 they're the weapons yeah. on the Hawk in Space 1999. Yeah. Martin Bauer put them on there. It's even on Boba Fett's gauntlet. That's true, yes, um, yeah, it's um, Boba Fett. That's a man, uh, man- uh, What did they there. call them in The Mandalorian? What did they call them? Oh, bur- Singing Birds. Singing Birds, yeah. Singing Birds, yeah. yeah. That's a mantapod from off the Airfix kit. Is, but it? it's a bit startling to see the real thing, the real yeah. full size thing. They've obviously been to the, you know, aircraft. The scrappy again, isn't scrappy. They? Yes, yeah. They've, they've gone to. He goes, my 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 next door neighbour, Mister Christian. He's got something in his garden. <laughs> yeah. But they've made a mistake. They've they've painted them bright, painted silver. bright silver. This is, yeah. There's far too much silver in this episode. I mean, when when we um, when we see Edgeworth's uh, sort of hideaway place. And they've just, they've just like wallpapered silver foil onto the, the flats, and it just looks awful. This is what it, Tomorrow People was, yeah. or I remember yeah. the Tomorrow People being. If if you didn't have yeah. the Doctor in this and the TARDIS, could this be could be people, a yeah. Tomorrow People story. Yeah. You're, you, as a modeler, you know, unless you're trying to replicate something, you know, you never paint anything bright silver. No, because it immediately looks tacky. And, and you can't get detail, and it looks cheap. And this, I mean, I'm amazed that the set designers. Do you think it was? Do you think this was like the set designer must have been someone that you normally works on, like EastEnders, or whatever? Who went sci-fi, silver, silver. Anime, yeah. yeah. I think that's what it is. Yeah, that's I think, exactly I think what it, it is. Might be. Yeah. But the, this is when the Doctor meets Edgeworth, who's actually as my yeah. and. If we find out he's actually a Time Lord. Yes. I, yeah. I didn't know that, that Did he was know? a Time Lord. Yeah, they they um, they sort of throw that line away. And I, I don't know whether to be um, to be happy or not about that. I don't know whether that's really clever that that it's just a yeah, it's just a time lord. Or whether it's shouldn't you play that up a bit more? I'm not that I'm 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 torn on that. I don't know. I don't know whether it was clever or not. Isn't there a thing where Time Lords can recognise each other, even if they've regenerated? Uh, it depends on the plot necessities. Oh, there, okay. there have been ones where they don't, and there have been ones where they do. Okay. Um, yeah, it, it... I mean, what, what what's worrying is that this is only two regenerations ago that he was best mates with... Uh, he was drinking buddies. Yeah, yes. drinking buddies. Um, and he's forgotten him until he gets close up. So I don't know, he might have aged, might he? I don't know. But I, or, he might have regenerated. I mean, as Mal says, he's he's used up all his regenerations. So, yeah. And the Doctor does say about the eyes or something. So maybe yeah, as Mal did look eyes, younger yeah. Yeah, back then. You I know? quite like the idea that this is just a Time Lord that's... <laughs> I don't quite know how he became Master of Jaconda. Yeah, he wants to save his people. Job, yeah, or what that job entails. So... I, yeah, so I, I always think, and you, you could, with a bit of fan wankery, have this be the master. Because at one point, the the Jocondans do say, Master! Blah, blah, blah. And I thought, oh, if fans get hold of that. Because it could be, this could be the original master mm. before we turned evil. And, and seeing this episode was enough to send him over the edge. Um, <laughs> I don't, yeah, I don't know. It's, it, it's, a, it's a nice little thing, it's a nice throwaway. Thing it doesn't really bring anything to the story. No, 
does it? At all? It's not like it ever... It doesn't matter yeah. that he's from Gallifrey at no, all. No, not at all. And, and like I say, I don't know whether to be happy for that or sad for that. I, I literally don't know. I'll tell you what it would have been nice. would have yeah. been if, if Asmao had said something about I became disillusioned with Gall- Gallifrey yeah. and I found the Jacondans. They needed a leader, so I'm here yeah. looking after them. This is well, my you, mission in life now. You could have done, yeah, you could have done it where he, go, he goes... Uh, like you, Doctor, I too grew bored with life on Gallifrey, but unlike you, I decided to stay and help people. Oh, you know, that would have been, do- yeah. Wouldn't that it be nice? Been good. Bit, little, little bit of a little bit of all the do- yeah. Nah, I just throw it away. Yeah, yeah. Well, they're locked in, aren't they? Um, Asmael leaves yes. with the twins, leaving Doctor and Perry, and they don't know that a bomb has been set in secret just round the corner um, on yes. the wall. Yeah, uh, why, why is there a bomb set in the wall? <laughs> why, why is there a destruct switch in the Crow Laboratories? Um, True. Yeah, I always think of these as the Crow. I always think of them as the Crow switches. That yeah, why do you just on the wall like a thermostat heater? And he only presses like two buttons. And it's armed. Dangerous, and it's dangerous. Yeah. Just accidentally lean against it. Oh god, the button. Yeah. And there's and no the doctor, yeah. The there's no like countdown on it either, yeah. is there? And you can't switch it off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it does seem dangerous though. It it's very weird. Yeah. I'll tell you what's weird and another jaw on the floor moment. It's when Gibbs for some reason decides to change. I mean the outfit, you know, yes. that Porter's outfit he's wearing, yeah, it's a bit scuffed up, but it's not exactly in tatters, but he goes well, into it, the dressing up this, room. This as is well. the one I mean if this was Star Wars you could go always the force. But this is the one step too far for me where it's this this goes into the lazy bastards can think a better way to it. Where he tries on the worst, most garish costume, just happens I to be the one the, that Perry is hidden, hidden the power pack in. Packing. Yes, <laughs> stupid, stupid, stupid. And that outfit, I'm yeah, I'm just oh, stunned horrible. by it. I am yeah. absolutely stunned by it. Well, Anne said that it was the worst outfit in the program, which is is against some stiff competition, isn't it? Do you, I, I I would be stunned if anybody um, you know has cosplayed. Yeah, it's a that. relief when he takes it off and he's just down to his his, his uh, sort of Nazi trousers and vest. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. He looks so much better like that. And I, I think was that was that Kevin taking off? I've lost the jacket. Uh, you yes. have to write that in. Yeah. I, does he show this to his friends and family, Doctor Who? Oh yeah, I've been in Pirates of the Caribbean. You know, I, I've, I I've think done he this would owner. in in the Martin Clunes. Oh, I knew it was rubbish type way. I mm. think so. I think you'd go look at look at this. Uh, look at what I'm yeah. wearing. Yeah. Good lord. And as you say, yes, Perry has put the power pack in yeah, that very in that one. one. Yeah. Well, um, episode two ends with Perry finding the bomb, and right, the Doctor rejigs the revitalizer because that's what Morris has been using, hasn't he? He's been using this yes. revitalizer to give himself energy, and he's rejigged it to send Perry ten seconds back in time, so yes. she'll appear in the TARDIS. Yes, which is both immensely clever, but not in the way they present it, because very rarely does does Doctor Who ever use time in a in a in a plot device way and this is actually clever because of course the planet's moving i was going to say space the planet's rotating if they'd have had a line in where the doctor goes i've got to calculate this carefully because i've got to send you back where at this point in space would be where the tardis was yes one little line 
That's all yeah. you need. Or, it reminded me, yeah. I thought that, do you remember in Strontium Dog, the very first Strontium yes, Dog stories, yeah. there is a, a, a time grenade and you throw that, yep. you reappear, but the planets move further on th- in yeah. space and, and you just space. appear in space. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Very clever. Or, if I, if I was doing it, I would have just put a line in saying, um, I, Perry, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to scatter you into space. Don't worry, the TARDIS is set to pick up any unauthorised time travel and you'll appear in the console. Mm. Something like that. But yeah. no, just put it down to luck. <laughs> yeah, because he sends her away. Yeah. He goes yes. to follow, but her watch has stopped. Well, that's, a, that's another cringy moment. You know, don't. So he goes, give me your watch. And then, oh, it stopped. Well, mm. I don't know. That's, I don't know whether that was an ad lib or something. I don't know. I don't know. Because Perry arrives yeah. in the TARDIS yes. alongside Gibbs and they watch the bump blow up. Yeah. Good and explosion. Yeah, it's a good explosion. Good That's explosion. how episode two yeah. ends. And yeah, we get, a, three. we get a rushing close-up on Nicola Bryant's face this time. Yes, yeah. A, um, a trend is setting, isn't it? It, it is, rather. Why, in episode three, when we get that recap, immediately yeah. after that recap, why do Gibbs and Perry cower from the explosion when it's actually on a TV monitor? Because it's so convincing. Is that um, what it yeah, is? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, didn't even, I must admit, I didn't notice them cowering, but that's sort of... That's about they shield right, their eyes and, uh, as if yeah. the explosion is happening in the same room. It might be that it's so bright. Mm. Or they were t- perhaps the director said, don't forget, this is going to be a really bright explosion. Okay. And the special effects guy's tapping him going, it's not. It's not really. <laughs> we only had two fireworks. Right. Um, well, the, t- the, the, the doctor jumps in the machine. He strokes his little cat yeah. badge for luck. For, yeah, I like this. The, one of Colin's little affectations. That was an ad lib, wasn't like it? it? Yes. Yeah. Um, and he arrives in the TARDIS, but there's no one there. Yes. Well, he gives the weird, the weird line again when he when he goes he goes and touches a few controls, and you think is this edited wrongly? And then he gives the reason that that he had set it for ten seconds in Perry's future. But why was he in the TARDIS alone then? And and also when he disappears, when he appears with Perry and Gibbs, he's in the same pose he was when he was back in the pyramid. Yeah. It's very strange. Again, you could have you could have just put a line in saying that he appears in the TARDIS and goes, I've got the wrong dimension. And he rushes and something no, like that. Just, he, you know. he says he, he arrived 10 seconds in their yeah, future. in their future. But, why but there are they was no one there? there. But they They're are there, there. 10 seconds in the future, yeah. <laughs> and if that is the case, surely he's just about to appear 10 seconds in from that. Yeah, shouldn't he appear so again? And, he should appear again. Yeah. I think this is a... a, a like I say, the original title was something called A Switch in Time or something like yeah. that. And I think time was going to play more in this story before rewrites, I think. Yeah, you, you could be right on there, yeah. Yeah. which Because it is a bit messy, isn't it, in this sort of thing? Hmm. All right, so the TARDIS arrives on Jaconda, which is uh, a quarry at Gerard's Cross. Yes. <laughs> um, and, and the Doctor's all smug going out there with his arms outstretched. Ah, yeah. Jaconda. He hasn't bothered to open his eyes to see that he's actually yeah. in a quarry now. It's hideously muddy. <laughs> Looks horrendously cold. Absolutely He's got his cold. eyes shut, so I'm yeah. guessing he's, he, he's thinking it's lovely and warm. Yeah. He, yeah, yeah. Why did he not notice? He, he should do. Yeah. But when he does open his <laughs> eyes and looks around, we've got a few trees in the yeah. quarry, and yes. he sees a slug trail. And, yeah. and comes to the <laughs> decision, it's a giant, giant gastropod. gastropods. Yeah, as you do. Now, because I'd, I'd sort of forgotten some of these scenes, especially the one where he goes and finds the cave paint. 
So, so I was thinking, why would you immediately jump to that? But then they do explain that Jaconda is known, or it's got a history, a myth of a giant goat. But why is he so familiar with Jaconda? Do you think it was another um, Time Lord colony? Like, well, um, he says Asmael took him there before. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But and again, this doesn't make any sense. When he's down in the tunnels and he says, "Asmael showed me," and you know, and you see all the things. So when he was the fourth Doctor. Presumably, that thing at the fountain could have happened on Jaconda. Yes, yes. So, so, so when he goes to Jaconda, oh no, no, I'm getting, oh no, I'm getting things mixed up. But this is a forest, right? They're meant to yes. be in a forest, and the slugs have done this. How yes. do the slugs destroy a planet to this degree? What are they doing? Well, you know, uh, like if you get slugs on your lettuce that you grow in your garden, they destroy them. Mm-hmm. And they're only small, so a bigger slug would destroy a planet. Oh, do these Common gastropods science. start off really small, and then when I they eat know. so much, you get to mestors size? Well, their, egg, their eggs are tiny, aren't they? Their eggs are like yeah. the size of a football. Yeah. Their, their eggs look like they're made of polystyrene. Um, yeah, I, I thought, that, I, I was thinking, do, were they are they mistaken like slugs for locusts? With, with the original idea. I mean, where did this sluggy idea... Slug's such a weird thing to have as a villain, isn't it? Half man, half slug. Yeah, half man. Because it's like that frog statue, and I thought, why is there a frog statue? Are they, like, thinking, well, slugs are slimy, and frogs are slimy, they've got to be connected somehow. Is it is it just that the writer or the, the director or whatever is a bit thick? Well... Yeah, I think so because you know if this is a half man, half slug yeah, mess story, right? I don't know right? which half is half, but. Yeah, but but wouldn't you have got got the old gloss varnish out or some Vaseline or KY yeah. jelly or something and like oozed him up a bit? Yes, yeah. Don't have him dry and furry. Dry? Yeah, he's dry yeah. and furry. Oh blimey! Uh, doc- been, I mean, it'd be right if he'd have been half cat, wouldn't it? That would have been more likely. You would have been more for that, wouldn't you? Yeah, I would have had that, yeah. yeah. Uh, the Doctor's feeling sorry Perry for himself. On the planet of the kitten ladies. <laughs> yes. Yeah, there's a story for you. Yeah, the Doctor's gone back in the TARDIS because he's having yes. a bit of a panic attack. He's feeling yeah. sorry for himself. He says he's falling apart. I haven't even got any clothes sense anymore, he says. And you said ages ago, I guess it was on this show, or it might have been, effectively speaking, you thought it would be nice if he had worn this outfit to begin with yeah, and, then gone. and then changed. Yeah. Because they could have, they could have. I mean, that could have been an excellent way of showing that he's stabilised. Yes. That he go, he takes the jacket off and go, "What was I thinking?" And Perry says, "I thought you liked it." And he goes, "Yeah, but I'm all better now." I'm better now. Chucked yeah. It away. yeah. I mean, of course, they paid too much for the costume. So they had to already, use it. Yeah, they'd already sold like uh, rights and stills to annual producers and things like that. So they had to use it. I mean, I'm glad they. I like it, but. Even Anne said that, and she goes, "Why doesn't he? Um, if he's but if he's like if he's not crazy anymore, why doesn't he change his costume?" Mm. Yeah, I think, yeah, yeah. Because Colin Baker said he wanted something in black, didn't oh, he? he? Something he a bit it, like yeah. um, the Ninth Doctor. There's a lovely on the DVD. There's a lovely extra of where he's on Blue Peter, and he's he's having to defend <laughs> the costume, and you can see it in his eyes. He doesn't believe a word. Of I've it. I've watched all them because, oh, of yeah, course, I had to buy right. this, you know, for yes. this, and I've yeah, so. Sorry about I, that. Yeah, I, I wanted to get my money's worth, yeah. and I watched the extras. That, uh, six six ninety nine. Oh, that's right. 
on, on Amazon Prime. Um, and uh, yeah, I watched all the documentaries, and on more than one occasion, he su- he actually lies through his teeth and yes, says, yep. "Yeah, it's a combination of me, John Nathan Turner, and yeah. the costume designer." And it's like, no, it wasn't Colin. No, it wasn't. Come on, Colin. Yeah, I'd- I love it that this is Colin. He's such a loyal guy. He's t- right up to when they sacked him. He was towing the co- the company line on everything they told him to say. Mm. Um, I tell you, yeah. talking about loyalty, I tell you what was really sweet is that uh, on that DVD extras, you've also got Breakfast Time, where um, yes. you, you, you know he and Nicola Bryant are there, and Selena yeah. Scott says to Nicola Bryant, "Did you think, I, when you were young in America, that you would end yeah. up being on Doctor Who?" And she didn't turn around and go, oh, "I'm not American." She right. stayed in the American accent. Yeah. You know? Well, she was J and T told her, didn't he? To, yeah. To, to not give the game away. <laughs> <laughs> Surely there must be people watching the yeah. TV and go, that's Nicola from down the road, yeah, you know, yeah. she's not American. Yeah. It's just bizarre, isn't it? The, the 80s were a weird time. Yes. Well, Asmail's lab, we've got these um, dish antennas in there, very Martin Bauer style. Yeah, they're they're really they nicely look, made. Again, look like they're off something better. Yeah. And I'm looking at that and thinking, oh, that, that must have been, yeah, it, it's a Nostromo yeah, sense right, a dish yeah, right. or something like that, but it turns out that those dishes, those things that are just in a room, are yeah. going to be the things that make the tractor beam work, which is going to pull two planets out yeah. of their orbit and bring them towards Jaconda. Yes, <laughs> it's not plausible, plan. is it? No, well, they're on like a camera plausible, tripod. <laughs> yeah, none of this is particularly plausible. Yeah. Science. I don't think that word means what you think it does. No, yeah. no. Oh, I forgot to say, you know, when, when the doctor's, you know, showing them the mural on the wall, Gibbs gets his uh, boots stuck in the slug trail. Yeah. Oh, have we had the episode ending yet? No, 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 no. That's coming up. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So, so Gibbs gets his, uh, yeah, get, steps into the slug trail. And it, it's like the, the worst way of saying we got to get the we got to separate the characters isn't yeah. it because the doctor then decides to go off he hasn't got time for this nonsense he's, no. he's yeah again i think we're meant to think he's having one of his turns but they don't really signal it this time so he just no they just have a little spat don't they and he yeah. goes and he goes off in a half why doesn't dick gibbs just get out of his boots if his boots are stuck yeah, in this thing instead he shines a little light yeah from he his gun his gun on the lowest setting to see if he can soften the the slug trails. Yeah. Well, Colin, you know, he's gone off in a huff and he goes yeah. into orbit now. And again, my jaw falls on the floor when he bursts in on Asmail yeah. and we get the whole villain murderer bit and jumping yeah. over the settee. I wasn't expecting that. No, a bit of, uh, a bit of uh, drama there, a bit of uh, action. Well, that's Babe and the Butcher. Yeah. Babe yeah. the Butcher would go villain murderer like yeah. that. He's brilliant. I, I, I had to rewind that and watch that yeah. bit again as well. Yeah, Colin is brilliant. I think we can both agree there. Yeah, and and that's when episode three ends with, uh, yeah, with the him word, turning I mean, to camera and going yeah. Perry. Yeah, I thought I thought this was a terrible episode ending, and I thought felt sorry for poor Nicola. They sort of they stop on the she's grimacing and pulling this face, and it's like oh. Yeah, it's not good, is it? No. No. Um, and episode four starts when we find out that Mester, Mestor, finds Perry pleasing. 
Yes. I, 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 for some reason, my note, I must have noticed who directed it. It was directed by Peter Moffat. Mm. It was, of course, Peter Davison's real name. Oh, of course it is. Yes, yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, we've got this giant slug creature liking a young American girl. And, of course, Return of the Jedi was yeah. two... What, the year before, wasn't it? One oh, year right. before. Do you think they were doing a bit of Jabba? I think... Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. this is meant to be Doctor Who's version of Jabba the Hutt that we've got would here you now. Have, would you have liked to have seen Perry in a metal bikini? Four. <laughs> yes, of course. Yeah, and that's when the Doctor is brought to, to Mestor. Yes. All right. And we get, he, we get the great final meeting of these top tier villain characters. Oh, dear, I did. Um, and he offers to help Mestor yeah. move the planets. You, you're going to find it really difficult, you know, without me, he's going on. Is he yes. seriously offering to help them move the planets? Or is he doing that just to find out more of what the plot is? Well, I, I think he's genuinely... Because at this point, although the, the slugs... Cause so, so we find out that the, 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 the slugs are a mythical creature that used to exist on this planet. That they rose up once before... And then they died off in a drought, but they're they're as native as the Jacondans are to this planet, so they got every right to be there. And I think because at this point, the, the uh, Mester's plan is that get these two moons, strap in for this one, get two moons that are planets are out of the system. So you you've got the sun, Jacondan sun, then Jaconda, and then you've got these two smaller mm-hmm. planets. They're going to bring the planets into the same orbit as Jaconda. But displaced in time by a day, a time lord by a day. Surely, twenty-four hours later, crash bang wallop. Yes, not quite sure. Um, so at this point, the doctor is, I think he's genuine in saying that. Oh, okay, because you want to use these as your larder, so that the Jacondans and the, the sluggy people can sort of live in peace, and they can both. There's not going to be famine, and they can both coexist. So I think he's genuine. Mm. I think he's genuine in this. Um, one thing I. I I didn't make a note, and I can't remember what episode. And when, uh, when the Jacondan gets killed by uh, Mestor, because uh, he's nicked some silver oh, yes. painted turnips. Yes. Um, <laughs> uh, and that's quite a quite a dark scene, really, when you listen to the dialogue and ignore the. Yeah, because he dances. only stole food for his family. Yeah. He stole food for his family and gets killed. And then Nestor says, um, "Put him in the freezer. We'll yes. feed him to the slaves." Yeah, cold storage. <laughs> Yeah, which is quite a dark thing, really. Mm. Um, but it's just lost in the, the fact that you're going, ooh, he, he overacted a bit when he died, didn't he? He certainly did. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Um, Mestor can do a lot with his mind, because he can give you an embolism, yes. can't he? Yep. Just with the give power of his mind. He, he can also can talk open... to you across great yes. spaces, great distances. He can open the TARDIS yep. by the power of his mind. I don't know how that works. For a slug, he's pretty powerful, isn't he? He is, yes. Um, and the doctor, he's got this. He's got this jar of acid, hasn't he? He's picked up this yes. jar of acid, and and he lobs it at Mestor. Weird, weirdly, two jars of acid, even though we only see him pick up one. Yes, handy that, isn't it? Because yeah, yeah the first one doesn't work because he's yeah. got a force field. Because Mestor is reading his mind. Yes, yeah, he knows he's going to throw it. Nice, nice little effect. This, and I like the way they explode the vial in front of the poor bloody actor. Yes. Um, and he, you can see the, the disgusting powder going across and going into the mask. And then you think, oh, I hope that wasn't anything toxic. <laughs> Been asbestos or something. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Gibbs, meanwhile, is having a shootout with the Jacondans, But his gun is yeah. now acting completely differently to how it was 
when he was trying to like warm the slug trail up. Yeah, now it's, it's you, got a lot of setting, doesn't it? Yes, yeah, so you've got a lot of flashing going on. Yeah. Um, Mestor intends to take over the Doctor's mind and body, and and demonstrates it by taking over Asmail. Yes. Um, and I don't quite know why Mestor weakens while doing it. Uh, I, I, th- I think it's a battle of wills, is it? Battle of minds between Mestor and Asmail. Yeah, so um, I, th- I think meeting the Doctor has re-energised Asmail's will to fight this. So, whereas Mestor thought he would take him over super easy, mm-hmm. barely an inconvenience, um, he fight Mestor fight uh, Asmail fights back because you know he's met the Doctor again, and that, and that's what I read it as that yeah that he's. He, he falters because Asmael is resisting. Right. I don't think he's resisted up to this point. And I guess he drops the force field because that's when the Doctor lobs the other acid. Yes. And and he starts to dissolve with grey foam. Yes. Uh, oh, we, and we've, we forgot to mention that we find out what the actual plan is, don't we? Oh, what? Well, that go is going to go. So, so it turns out all this science that makes no sense is actually is actually correct that it makes no sense. But Mester's been messing with pe- everyone's mind so that they think it does make sense. But mm. what actually he wants it to do is he's he's laid loads of eggs, the dirty bugger. And um, <laughs> so what he wants, he wants Jaconda to blow up and be hurled into the Jaconda sun so that that causes a massive nuclear explosion that propels his little eggs all across the galaxy. Yes. Which is weird, but sort of holds up can i just point out something else that's just occurred to me right him fancying perry yes you know um he's a slug slags are slugs are hermaphrodites hermaphrodite yeah so they don't but need anybody that, else doesn't that just show how hot perry is that she she even turns hermaphrodite <laughs> she, does. she even turns hermaphrodite slugs that right we need a t-shirt with <laughs> nicola bryant's face on it yeah. and underneath she even turns hermaphrodites yeah We'll get them printed up and we'll go to a Doctor Who convention, you and me, Ian, and we'll see see what happens. Let's find one with Nicola Bryant. Uh, (laughs) Right, that's our 2021 mission when all all this nonsense outside is over. We've got to get those T-shirts done and printed and go and meet Nicola Bryant. Do you know, like, I mean, most, most don't most podcasters have their own like uh, merchandise to sell? We've got to get a t-shirt factory going. Yeah, let's do it. Let's yeah. do it. Let's start up our own. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. This and Blake Seven in character and Mad Max in character. Let's do our own products. All right, okay. I'll look into that. Uh, this grey foam, right, uh, of Mestor dissolving. Um, they pumped it through an empty costume, gastropod costume. What do you reckon yeah. that's made out of? Because it is very grey. Yeah, it's it looks more like gruel, you know. Or, or you know what? Have you ever seen that huel? Huel, uh, hipster fuel. It's like a it's a meal replacement, but it's gruel. And I, it's I know, I know Huel. Sludge. I know yeah. Huel Bennett. No, well, it's like that. I mean, he's, he's pretty much. <laughs> they pumped Huel Bennett through. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but it's sure, great. We got a job for you. It's, yeah, it looks like weird. that. It looks. I I don't know whether it's like. Because it all—I mean, I don't think they would have used it because it had gone solid. But you know, like a very liquidy plaster, grey, like a gypsum plaster. Yeah, but that it looks, will start that setting sort of almost yeah. immediately. But you're right; it, it looks gritty and grey and horrible. It's like dirty shaving foam. Do you think they just went to the canteen at the BBC? Well, it's the soup of the day. Yeah, what's the soup of the day? No, that's <laughs> their gravy. Grey. It's their yeah. gravy. Well, that, it's gravy. Gravy. Yeah. Gravy. Yeah, it puts the grey in gravy. Yeah. 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 So. <laughs> 
so that's it. And uh, Asmail dies at the same time. Yeah, yeah, and again, a really nicely acted scene. Yep, Colin's uh, Colin, really good in this yeah, bit. Colin's yeah, Colin's good. It's a lo lovely, touching scene. Um, uh, again, another uh, another high point. I know that I think that's one of Colin's favourite scenes that he ever did mm. um, as the Doctor. And then we get possibly the best sort of coda to an episode in the TARDIS ever where, uh, where Colin talks directly to the viewers. I, oh, yeah, I love yeah. It. Oh. Are you having another of your fits? You may not believe this, but I have fully stabilized. Well, I suggest you take a crash course in manners. You seem to forget, Perry. I'm not only from another culture, but another planet. I am, in your terms, an alien. I am therefore bound to have different values and customs. Your former self was polite enough. It was such a cost. I was on the verge of becoming neurotic. We all have to repress our feelings from time to time. I suggest you get back into the habit. And I would suggest, Perry, that you wait a little before criticising my new persona. You may well find it isn't quite as disagreeable as you think. Well, I hope so. Whatever else happens, I am the Doctor. Whether you like it or not. And it ends with, I'm yeah. the Doctor, whether you like it or not. Yeah, it's yeah. superb, and it's, <laughs> it's really good. And um, I think, it, it, yeah, it's, it, it ends in a, a story that I, I really enjoy. I enjoy watching it. Mm -hmm. um, I, I, I must admit, I'd rather watch this than quite a lot of, say, season 18 or season 17. Or, yeah. yeah. I, I know I'm, I'm, I'm in a minority there. Um, I, it's often voted as the worst Doctor Who story ever. And like, I mean, I said, because we were talking about it afterwards, and Anne, I said, she goes, that, did you choose this? And I said, yeah, I quite enjoyed this bit. <laughs> and she goes, poor Eric. Yeah. Um, and I said, it's, it's often voted the worst Doctor Who story ever. And she goes, well, that's rubbish. It's, it's nowhere near the worst. She goes, this is better than any of Sylvester McCoy's. <laughs> that's when the harp music started playing yeah. and everything you had little love hearts in your eyes didn't yeah, you yes I did, yeah. <laughs> big soppy uh, like, grin you know, on your face I, I, I don't i think there's a couple of sylvester mccoy stories that are good but i i would much rather watch this than most of sylvester mccoy's run well i've hardly seen any of the sylvester yeah. mccoy ones so I've, I've i've got a comparison meter now um yes i mean this one i i don't think i've watched it I really don't. I think I might, might have started, but I didn't watch it. And, yeah, I mean, if it wasn't for the fact that you've got really quite nice moments between Colin Baker and Nicola Bryan and you didn't have a couple of strong, you know, guest actors yeah. in it. Oh, yeah. It's, yeah, it it's could have been far worse. I No, I... Could you see, I can't could see, you see this being a boring, forgettable John Pertwee script? I no. It, I well, I could, I could no. see it fitting in... To John Pertwee's run as a sort of the budgets run out. I don't know. I, you know because if it was a John Pertwee one, but again you still had a good rapport, you know, with say Sarah Jane, yeah. and you had good guest actors. But I don't think if this was it wouldn't be as garish. It, it wouldn't exactly. Even though the John Pertwee era was the time of yeah. glam rock, and and all the you know the absurdity that there was from you know the early seventies. You didn't have 
just so many strange, odd, rather rubbish design choices that you've got in this one. The production values and the design on this are pretty, other than the, like say, the model work and Colin's costume, are uniformly awful. I think my problems with this one are it's the twins. Yeah, the twins are, let, yeah, let's get, let, I suppose let's do, let's do pros and cons. Yeah, the biggest con is, you can't, yeah, is the twins. They're, they're rubbish. And the fact that they've been made the centre of this episode and its t- titular aspect, mm. big mistake. Yeah, I think it's the twins and it's the production designs and the yeah. fact they've got no money, you know. Um, so, no, I, I, I can't see this being the worst one I've ever watched. No. I, um, I think if they'd, have, if they'd have gone in with Attack of the Cybermen as the first proper Colin, I think his, his era would, be, would have been viewed completely differently. Mm-hmm. People would have hung on for the next season, yes. wouldn't they? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think I think this was was a, a ghastly mistake in having it be the first episode of the new Doctor, but the last episode of the old season, and coming straight after Kate Caves of Androzani. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think what you said <laughs> last week, I think yes, um, I think you're right in that a lot of people who hold that one in such high regard yeah. are comparing it to the story that comes immediately after it and I think so, yeah. it's just astonishing that they made them two right next door to each other you know yeah it's 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 staggering really isn't it that this is the same production crew yeah did both yeah yeah all right well yeah okay well we're, we're going to do something now that we haven't done for uh for a couple of episodes we've we've got to do an earth date Right. Yeah. Because yeah. part of this is actually set on Earth. It's ne- it's never mentioned explicitly in the show, but uh, in the original script, it it takes place. The Earth bits take place in the year two thousand three hundred. Oh, well, there we go. Two thousand three hundred. Twenty three hundred. So this actually takes place two hundred and forty years before um, um, Frontier in Space. Yeah. And yeah. I thought I think it sort of fits, doesn't it? Mm. The Earth, the Earth Empire, uh, space travel is is routine. You've yep. got space police departments. Yep. I do like I do like the fact that that there's some very mundane, almost police procedural stuff. I like the fact that the the Chikondans have to steal a ship. Yes. So it's not like they've got their own space fleet. It's it's very it's almost it, it brings a touch of realism to a very unrealistic episode yeah i like the but idea I do you, like the police yeah. Stuff, yeah i like the idea that you've got a police spaceship with with the flashing lights flashing yeah. lights on the top yeah yeah all right here we go uh, so design rating what do you want to do first the jacondans or do, do you want to do first so. all right what do you save, give them for a best. design um i th- i think i i i've got to give them a a Two. Okay. I think the design is. This is what have we got in our crafting box? Because we've got no budget. Right. Okay. Well, I gave them a one. Yeah. Because it does look like somebody has like painted somebody's face silver, stuck a tinfoil nose on them, and then tarred and feathered them. You know. Yes. Yeah. It looks awful. Yeah. So that's for a design is one and a half. Yeah. Right. Which is our officially our lowest ever wow. design rating. Okay, they they are half a point lower than the Axon humans. 
Jacquard and 10 years difference. Yes. Now, do you want to go all the way through on the Jacondans or do you want to do design? Yeah, let's do, let's do Jacondans. All, all the way through. through. All yeah. right. So Jacondans on effectiveness, what do you give them? So, so I think this goes up a bit because I do like, I think the actors do bring something to them. I like the Chamberlain. I like uh, the... In fact, I like all of the... Other than the one guard that isn't an actor that's awful. I quite like all of them. I like the guy that dies from embolism because he, he decided to side with uh, Asmail. I like the, the fat. I mean, this, this is almost the co-pilot from... Uh, <laughs> it is. From, from Horns of Nyman but not acted as badly. So I, th- I think the actors do their best with what they got, and they do they do ascend above the shoddiness of them, but not by much. So I'm going up to a four, a four. for effectiveness. I, yeah, I, 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 I do like the characters. Okay. Well, I went up a little bit, but only by one point. So I gave them yeah. um, a, two, a two, right? So that, that gives them an average of a three. All right. Yeah. Now that makes them. It's got to be the accents again. No, that nobody has got a three before. All right. Okay. Uh, just be- below them at two and a half, you've got the Terry Leptals. Yeah. And just above them at three and a half, you've got Sontaran Val. You know the one from um, the Two Doctors. Yes. All right. Oh dear. Do you think do you think the Colin Baker era is going to be represented at the bottom end of this scale a lot? It might well do. That gives them an adversary rating of two point two five, which sits the Jacondans. I can totally see them sitting in the caravan with the Nymon. Oh god, they they're, yeah. they're, they're distant <laughs> cousins, they are. <laughs> okay. Alright, so that's the Jacondans. Now right. Mestor. Mestor, giant... Mestor, Mestor. Man slug. What do you give yep. him for a design? Design half. A half? He's, he's rubbish, isn't he? He's oh, rubbish. Blimey. Well, that's unusual. I, I, I have actually given him a two. I wow. gave him a two. I don't, I don't like anything about him. I, the only thing I like about him is his eyes. Not the ones on his head, but the gla- the lenses. I think they're interesting. I don't know what they've used. They look like marbles to me. Yeah, I, they're interesting, but... Where, where, when the best thing you can say is that he's got interesting eyes. He did die well, but that's not really the character, is it? <laughs> that was, but yeah, I, 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 I just think I, I don't know at what point if I were the director, I would have gone. Yeah, we're not using that. Blimey, we're I'm... just going, we're just going to have Edwin sat there in his tidy whiteies. <laughs> it, it'll be scarier. I. I can't I'm believe that. I still can't. Be- I can't believe that's still him. I can't believe it's yeah. him. You know, but I, I'm shocked because I've just said you know the Jacondans are our new lowest ones, but Mestor actually got lower than that because wow. he's got 1.25. So he is now our lowest ever Do on design. I, if he ends up the, our worst design ever, I'm okay with that. You're I, okay. With I'm that. trying to think if there's any worse designs. Though. Well, I don't know. He's awful. All right, so, right, that's his design, though, but yeah. what do you think of him for effectiveness? Well, the, I mean, the, when he, his effectiveness, as far as his looks, is still shitty, but I do think that Edwin does a really good performance in this, and I think he's, he's a really strong voice and a really strong... He, he is, a, he is a, a dangerous villain, I think. I mm-hmm. mean, he looks like a parlor home shite. 
Um, so I, I'm going to go up to a four and a half for his effectiveness. Four and a half. All right. Let me just put that in the calculator. And that's purely down to Edward. So I think you're dead now, but hats off to you. All right. Slug, um, sluggy hats off to you. Well, I, I only gave him a one. Okay. All right. So that's 2.75. I liked his voice. That's why he got a one. Oh, well, God. Okay. 2.75. That puts him just abo above the Jacondans. But before that, Sontaran that I said about. Yeah. Which is fair enough for him. Well, All right. Poor mess. Poor mess still. So now it's 2.75 plus uh, 1.25 divided by 2 gives him an adversary rating of 2. Right? He is yeah. below the Jacondans as well. What the hell? Yeah. He is below. Uh, he, he is our first two. He, yeah. the, the only people below him, Mestor, is the CGI werewolf, Derek Deadman's store, the magma <laughs> creature, and the Axon human. Yeah, I think he's better than all of them. Yeah. yeah. I think that's that's worked. Yeah. Isn't it bad that like you're a CGI technician and you put your all into a creature? And it still comes below a man in a potato sack with marbles in his eyeballs. Oh, yeah. All right. Um, yeah, what behind the way? scenes, yeah, we've been talking about all this right, all yeah. the way through. The um, uh, the original idea was to have the Doctor initially unlikable. Um, yes. But gradually, you know, layers would be peeled off to reveal his more uh, likable part. And uh, I, yeah. I, I think they were, they were over-ambitious there because I don't think at this point in its history... Doctor Who had strong enough script writers, certainly not strong enough script editor to pull this off. Yeah, and especially, especially if the um, uh, the idea was it not be over a season, but over multiple seasons. Yeah, I, I don't think that would have been a good idea at all. No, I, I think I think they did write in almost forgetting it. But the trouble was at this point, the writers when they they the only story they had to go on to gauge the new Doctor's personality was his story. So. Everyone kept writing him as manic. Yes. And and Colin Baker used to have to fight to to say this isn't what the Doctor's like now. Mm. Um, yeah. So again, it's just I think it was just a huge mistake. I mean, so many things in the JNT era just are down to poor judgment. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in the original script, uh, the Jacondan and gastropods were going to um, leave early in episode four right. um, with a final battle taking place in another dimension against a being called Aslan who was controlling Mestor all along. Aslan the lion? <laughs> Maybe it was. Maybe it was. Aswad? Uh, no, oh, okay. I, I can't. another dimension <laughs> against Aswad. Um, you just, I'm glad they didn't bother because you, you, you can picture what the other dimension would have been, wouldn't it? Yeah. Some, some tinfoil sets. We've seen it before. Yeah, yeah, we've seen it all before. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, the gastropod design uh, yeah. uh, was designed by Pat Godfrey and, and built by Richard Gregory. Uh, from, God, Imagineering. Yeah, yeah from, from the Unit 22 effects company. Uh, they went to the trouble of actually taking a, an upper body cast of Edwin. Um, Why? Well, apparently, I, I, you see other gastropods in it, don't you? And I guess yes. they're all wearing the same costume, yeah. you know, built from, you know, Edwin's body. They, Yeah, they took a mould of his body, they made a, you know, uh, a, a cast, and they built up... Um, 
two layers were cotton. A third layer, the upper layer, was something called organza. Do you know what organza is? Oh, organza, is? yes. It's a very uh, light chiffon-y style yeah, that. material. And then a fiberglass sh- shoulder section finished yeah. the body off. And then, you, of course, you've got the helmet. I'm hood, just amazed. Why would you even buy Because it literally has no shape. It's a, it's a potato sack. I t- I just seen, it staggers me that they... I'd be raising questions. If I was the person paying for that, I'd be raising... I'd go, well, you charge us how much? Mm. You had to take a body. You, we had to pay Edwin for a day for you to do a body cast. Get out. <laughs> yes. Uh, th- this was a surprising fact. Um... I know that you know that uh, Colin Baker had already appeared in Doctor Who. Yes. Um, you know, as that that soldier, isn't he, on Gallifrey? He was uh, Maxil, Commander Maxil. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. So, so he's been in Doctor Who twice. You know, yes. but actually, he's been in it three times because he he's in this story as someone other than the Doctor. Did you know this? Uh, I didn't. Is it what is he in one of the slug costumes? No, no, no. You hear his voice. Okay. Um, and I went back and listened to it, and it, if you listen to it, it's like, Blumenick, it is him. In part three, when the, um, the Jacondan ship is coming to, down to land, yeah. and uh, the Jacondan talks to Flight Control, yeah. Flight Control is, is Colin, Colin Baker. I didn't notice that. Yeah, yeah if you go and listen to it, he's disguised his voice, or they've put something on his voice yeah. to disguise it. But yeah, yeah, that's an uncredited Colin Baker. So he's actually appeared three times. In Doctor Who. Oh, fair pedos. Because um, it's sort of in the grand tradition, like John Pertwee playing the radio announcer and that. Mm. One of the stories. Oh, I'll have to go back and watch that. Then. Yeah, yeah. Once you hear it, it's like, yeah. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, why didn't I notice before? Uh, the last thing I've got is about, you know, the um, you know the Stranger video series. Yes, yeah. I you know. Um, yeah, and... and it, they seem to borrow the premise of the, <laughs> the borrow, borrow the premise of the doctor's desire to become a hermit to atone yes. for his mistake. Um, and seeing as the stranger is played by Colin Baker and Miss Brown is Nicola Bryant, it's often yep. viewed as a what if scenario yeah, what if. that that could have been what what had happened. Yeah, what, what if the doctor had decided to wear a, a rope belt around his cheap. Costume. I've never seen them. I've never They're seen them. They're not very good. No. Very good. At the time, it was, it was, some. It was better than nothing. There was something there. But yeah, if you rewatch them back, they're not. Oh, right. They're fan films. They're okay. All right. All right. Well, that's us finished. That's the twin dilemma over. Would Would you watch it again? Yeah. Oh, yes. But for okay. Colin Baker and Nicola yep. Bryant and the, uh, you know, and the guest characters not for and the ha- not for Mestor yeah. not for the Jacondas no. and not for the twins Mestor's death perhaps I do like that has it raised it in in what you thought it would be well all I've is thought it, it is is it was? people think it's the worst one yeah. and it's got two um, you know uh, people in it who can't act uh, there's far more to it than I thought there was so oh, I'm, gl- I'm, I'm glad I've had the opportunity because there's no way I would have bought this no. If I was in HMV and I was looking along their long line of you know DVDs trying to fill in my blanks, I would have passed over it, you know. So I, I'm, yeah, I'm sort of happy. I think that's because I, I I was all prepared for you to hate it, but I was I was hoping that you might see beyond its its. Uh, oh no no no! That there, there are genuine things in it that are good 
and, yeah, and notable, like you know, and uh, I'm glad because I've had a closed mind to it. So thank you yeah. for choosing it and giving me the opportunity to finally view the darn thing. <laughs> I think this is the very first time I've, I've actually watched it, you know, yeah. all these years after, you know, its original transmission. So thank you for that, Ian. Oh, I'm, I'm happy to... Uh spread the twin dilemma love <laughs> okay all right there's that there's a phrase you don't hear very often yeah. twin dilemma yeah. love mm. all right well we've got to announce who we're going to do next time yeah um, this is your choice and, and I, I, my, my choice and and the seventh doctor and uh another thing that was going to be unique to the podcast as well as you know two subsequent stories was yeah. i thought this was going to be unique in that i will actually have to go out and uh you know buy a dvd um of my own uh oh, for the story you've chosen for a story i've chosen yeah. and right up until five o'clock this afternoon that's indeed what i was going to do when i got in right, right. and and yes i had chosen my character and i i don't own it because i own very very few sylvester mccoys yeah. and it's like well you've got to buy eric but i think that would be a good character but at five o'clock i went into sainsbury's Oh, is it back? Was your mouldy old one back? No, no, no. The mouldy oh. old one, I thought, no, that's the one I want. That's the one I was going to buy yeah. the, the, this evening. No. Um, this is going to be, you know, a week late by the time people get to listen to this. Yeah. But if you want to, you know, do what I want to do and fill in my gaps in my Doctor Who, you know, knowledge and experience, Sainsbury's have got a line of classic Doctor Who DVDs for sale right now. Oh. Um, yep. Um, seven pounds each or two for ten pounds. That's a bargain, So I bought a couple, right? Yeah. Now, unfortunately, they didn't have any Sylvester McCoys. Oh. Okay. So, but I bought a couple and that's fine and good. I'm pleased with those. Yeah. All right. But... I'm only, I, I'm still like three days away from payday and I can't really afford to have spent that and go on Amazon Prime. So my choice for Sylvester McCoy is from a Sylvester McCoy story I already own, right? Because right, I can't right. afford to buy another one. That other character either you're going to have to choose in the future or <laughs> yeah. I'll, I, I'll choose him next time Wait round day, yeah. when Sylvester what comes back for me. Go for? I can't tell you. you can't or shall I tell you? Yeah, I'll have forgotten by 18, 13 weeks. All right, okay. I was going to go for the Candyman. All right, oh, yeah. Okay. Um, And that's, as I say, right up until 5 o'clock when I went into Sainsbury's, um, you know, to get some milk. And I thought, oh, I wonder if it is back back on the shelf because that's what was there. It's Dragonfire and Happiness Patrol. You're you're assuming that whoever bought it last week would have bought it back. Bought it back. <laughs> Unwanted gift, yes. Yeah. Um, but no, so I, I, I bought a couple of uh, DVDs, and so it's like. You're going to tell us what you went for this time? Yes, I, you, uh... I went for two that I haven't. I've owned them on video, but haven't got round to buying them on DVD. Uh, the Mask of Man- Mandragora. Yeah, is one a, a bit dull, but worthy. Yeah, yeah and um, Day of the Daleks. Oh, I love Day of the Daleks. Is it I, the special edition? Yes. Yes. Yeah, so uh, so yeah, but they've got tons of John Pertwee's and yeah. William Hartnell's and that. So yeah, Gladden, Gladden's my heart. I've got them all, but yeah, I was going to say it's no good to you. You've got them all. Yeah. yeah. So so my my adversary for, for Sylvester. Now I'm going to announce it, and I I know you. You're going to go. Oh, I don't know about that. But hear me out, right? Go on, okay. The character, the adversary that I'm I've chosen is yeah. Ratcliffe. Oh, right, from uh, Remembrance of the Daleks. Yeah, and I thought you might go, oh, hang on, 
he's a Nazi. He, he's a he, he's a racist Nazi, right? And yes, he is. But also, I'm thinking if we don't do an episode on Ratcliffe, we will never talk at any great length about that story. And there's a lot going on in that story, isn't there? there Not is, necessarily yeah. I, I to mean, do I, with the Daleks. I've, I've got no, no, no worries about discussing Nazis. Well, we already have. Yeah. <laughs> we, yeah, we have. We have in Doctor Who and we have in Blake Seven, haven't we? So, That's true, yes. Yeah, so. You can't really avoid it with Blake Seven. No, but I thought this would give, give yeah. us an opportunity because at some because point we will yeah. talk about, you know, the 80s Daleks and that, yeah. but that's we won't be able to be be looking that in depth at each each story so if we talk no. about Ratcliffe we can look at the you know the the yeah, interesting human the characters we've got in there and stuff you know yeah and it's also your your uh, pal George Saul yeah UFO yes indeed and we've got things to say about old Georgie boy yes yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. so yes Ratcliffe a distinctly okay. human it's not even a futuristic yeah. human like some that we've I, chosen before yeah I haven't seen I haven't seen that story since um since it probably came out on DVD, I'll have oh, watched really? it once. And, yeah, I uh, yeah, I I remember it being really good. And it's got Mr. Bronson in as well. It it's has got, got Mr. Bronson in. You got Sheard. You got a, Pamela Salem in it. Yeah. Oh God, it's a Blake Seven reunion episode. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. You've got an, an embryonic unit almost in it, That's haven't true. you? Yeah, the group you know? Captain Gilmore. He's brilliant. Yeah, Crater yeah. Mass references. Yeah, all, oh, all over the place. Time. Yeah, so yeah, time. yeah. And, uh, yeah, my abiding memory of it when I think of it is, again, the overbearing music. Yes. Yeah, the music is a bit uh, a bit heavy-handed. Yeah, and, and also a, wobbly Daleks. What, very wobbly Daleks. Because they, they had massive balls. They've got thing. balls. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, yes, yeah, Ratcliffe next time. A distinctly, oh, uh, unfortunately, real-world type of yes. uh, um, yeah, uh, villain for us. A much more scary prospect than a Dalek, which is a... Than uh, Dam- like Davros in some, some sort of like, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, so, okay, folks, we'll see you next time then, all right? Yes, look forward to that. Nice one. Right, bye-bye then. Thanks, then. Bye. bye. Two days since our last recording and two days since Ian's bombshell that the next thing we'll be watching is The Twin Dilemma. Thanks to Amazon Prime, I now own said DVD. And like I say, um, I haven't seen this since transmission and I'm not even aware if I've watched all of it. So I thought as a little uh, experiment, I would just do a recording of my first impressions on watching it. I'm going to start the DVD now. Um, just the first couple of minutes because I've got absolutely no memory. Don't know if that's going to be too loud. I'm going to turn it down a bit. I've got absolutely no memory of this other than there's two horrible boys in it that can't act. And that's my only memory. Um, I know we're talking about somebody called Mestor but I don't know what a mess store is. So here we go. Um, don't like these credits. That's my first 
Thought, Anthony Stephen, Don't Ring a Bell, Part 1. Alright, here we go. Oh, bloody hell. Oh, it's one of them. Oh, good lord. Cardboard chess pieces. Pudding bowl haircut. Oh. What's that? What's that 70s game thing when celebrities had to get across the grid? Not the crystal maze, but something. Oh, it looks totally like this. Romulus, I'm, I'm, so I'm sorry, I'm totally speechless by how awful this looks. Oh, good grief, this acting. Good grief. I don't think I can last much longer. I think I'll hold on for Colin. Good. This is dreadful. Every, the set's dreadful. The costumes are dreadful. The props are dreadful. The acting's dreadful. I'm not actually listening to what they're saying. I'm just stunned by just how terrible this looks. Ian, what have you done to me? Buzz off. Oh, here he is. 